English people have this understanding of everything being terrible, so you just like take the piss out of everything to somehow lift your spirits. Oh, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And with that, hello and welcome to Everyday Channel number 128, your favorite, most deceptively named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by, well, it says laugh, peace, and bad assery, but um, I want to say by taking the piss, I think that's something we should do much more often. I, I Wait, don't know, Kai. That could be someone's real name. Is that... Taking the piss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like a nickname? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know. You know what? You, you, I, I liked it when you came up with Cloud Goat Ranger. Uh, I don't know about taking piss. <laughs> well, maybe they drink a lot. I don't know. Okay, no, n- never mind. Never mind, guys. <laughs> well, no, because if you drink a lot, you, you need to go in for a piss a lot. You see? Oh, I, th- I thought you were right. going somewhere else with this. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. If you want to support the running of the show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash taking no, uh, slash everyday tunnel. <laughs> Guys, h- how are you doing? How have you been? It's still way too hot, at least in Germany. I, I went swimming with my niece. That was amazing. Uh, but but how have you been doing? Yeah, not, not too bad. Not too bad. It, it's, uh, it's scorching here also in Berlin. Uh, or should I say like trash city? Is it still trash city? I, have I, you been able to like lift it up? I feel like every single time, like I, you know, I go out for a walk. There's like there's like more trash on on the streets. So uh, I just yeah, I just can't help it. It's literally trash city. But you know what? Um, we've been like cultivating the uh, the legacy community in in Berlin quite a bit, and uh, we get it. Like last week, we get at 27 people for the Whoa. Thursday night legacy evening, which is like which I think is like just Damn, insane. If you son. ask me, yeah, man. Like you know, so like it starts at uh, 7 p.m. and uh, once. Um, Probably a lot of people know this, but once you exceed more than 16 players, you have to play five rounds, right, instead of four, which pretty much, you know, like pushes the whole uh, event to like, you know, like midnight or even like past midnight. And it's like, I mean, I'm cool with four rounds. Uh, I just ask everyone. It's like everyone was so excited about Legacy. They're like, dude, yeah, I mean, like I'm going to stay like, you know, just five rounds. Just just give me six, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I play eight. (laughs) Can can I hear 10? (laughs) Yeah, can we do like the the day two and top cut off top eight like on Friday maybe then? <laughs> yes, you have to go three one or better to like make it for next week. Could be like a thing like Mr. Beast, right? You guys know Mr. Beast? Yeah, yeah, he, he could do a thing like you you keep playing magic until like the last person standing and and they get like a power nine or something. Who would be the best at that? Do you think? Yeah, Who's also like yeah, grinding? also like where do, where does the power nine come from? Or from Mr. Uh, did, did do you know what Mr. Beast does? He literally gave away an island in his last uh, uh, video. Oh, he I has didn't some know crazy that. Stuff, yeah. oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he definitely has. Kai, literally, Island. You, you don't know Mr. Beast? No, I have no idea. What, okay, like, you what? gotta check the the guy out on YouTube because that guy is insane. That guy makes so much money off YouTube, but he also puts so much money into YouTube. He recently did a thing where I think he got 100 boys and 100 girls, and he put them into a circle. Yeah. And the group that's had more people stay inside the circle in a I don't know 48 or 70 hour window. I think they would each get like a couple thousand uh, dollars or something and, and one of them got a car and he, he does like the crazy thing. He, he did real life Squid Game. He built the stuff from Squid Game without the dying aspect and did that or I think he did a thing where I think you needed to hold on to a car and the person who did it the longest got, got the... He does insane stuff, Wait, that, insane production level. He, like if you want to check that out, definitely do that. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I think There's I stuff really, where like people th- have to stand up and the last one standing wins like, I don't know, 50k and... They sat up for like three days or four days or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. I think I really like this man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I think you, you would be somebody who would really like that shit because there's, there's some like rather creative stuff in there. I think he did something where, where they played hide and seek inside a football stadium 
for a couple of days and <laughs> the last person to be found also got like like insane money like, like literally <laughs> he, he gave away an island in his last video dude what the hell like like how where can like there's no place to hide in a football stadium dude yeah, come on very much very much <laughs> Are there? You, you have no idea you, you gotta watch the video then okay <laughs> i guess the restroom yeah uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so yeah, yeah, we had like lots of people at the at the Thursday night uh, legacy event, which I'm super super stoked about. And um, talking about like b bigger events, uh, it's like a crappy transition here. But uh, I'll be I'll be going to the uh, attending the uh, Four Seasons tournament in. Uh, it's gonna happen in about a month in Bologna, Italy. And because of that, because of me like just going for the for the first time, I thought um, I'll be starting like, something something new, like you know. Um, so I've started like a like a stream series. It's called Bologna Legacy Training Camp, and it's basically just like me just trying to figure out like what the best seventy five is for this event, right? And and uh, the stream's gonna go on basically um, until I found this perfect seventy five. And it's called Training Camp for a reason because every time I I um I get a match loss like I lose I lose a round I do ten push ups and two ten squats on stream. And uh, that's that was the the first episode. And so you did fifty push-ups last stream. <laughs> I dude, I never. It was it was better than I thought. It was better than I thought. I I, I played like Temple uh, Merc, uh, Temple Doomsday with Merktide Regents and Malevolent Hermit, um, and and quotes that deck is pretty much dog shit. Uh, it's, it's 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 not it's it's not very good. It looks better than it is. I was about to say, oh, that one looks pretty good actually. I was like, I'm gonna wait until he says what his record was. Yeah, I uh, like <laughs> like the deck definitely. It's like like what it's like one of those legacy deck decks um that look better than it is. You know, it it looks yeah. kind of clean, but it really is exactly the opposite. It's one of the like quote unquote play the good cards, but just doesn't synchronize with the deck. Yeah, I wonder if if there's like any yeah like any other decks in legacy that are kind of like you know. The, fit the same role of like just they look really good but they really don't work you know yeah it's like every chess guy deck in the format <laughs> i dig that dude chess guy sucks it's so bad oh my god it's so bad yeah okay, i'm like, sorry i'm sorry chess guy players but i'm so it's... sorry but like you know <laughs> if you are serious about resolving a four mana wrath of god in legacy you should probably just go back to standard you know just well the thing is like resolving isn't that hard uh it, it's more like making like, it work in, in the grand scheme of things i think that the well it doesn't resolve about... if you're dead before you can cast it that's yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah. uh kai you know what you should do you should have huh? a special um a special punishment and that is doing i don't know what's the most push-ups you can do like 50 I I will I'm I'm about to find out because on on the the, the sec part two that was yesterday I did uh pearl match loss I did fifteen push ups and fifteen squats so I raised the bar a little bit uh yeah let let's see how you know I think I can probably also go up to like twenty thirty ish probably uh -huh. but uh let's see you know I if even you know I got my saying, boundaries you should do it like you should push beyond your boundaries every time you lose because you don't have the second oracle. Because I saw you lose yesterday <laughs> because you don't have to... And it's like the biggest talking point, right? Dude, that <laughs> topic sucks so much. Like, I feel like I'm the only person on this goddamn planet who believes that one Thassaroko is the right number. And literally <laughs> every single Doomsday player is just like, dude, I mean, you gotta play two, you know? And then, like, it's, it's always the same thing, you know? Like, then I go, like, okay, so, like, what's the reason to play two Thassas Oracle in Doomsday? And then they're like, well, I mean, there is n there's not one good reason but hey you know there you have like this corner case and then you have like this another super weird corner case right over there and you know you have like all these little like small fringe situations where a second oracle would be kind of handy i was like well that's not even a good argument that's just like a lot it of just 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 
crap arguments. You it's know, very just, like, easy stitch to, together. It's very easy to underestimate the downside of like taking up a slot in your deck. Um, I, I agree with you. It's not like it's often not worth adding a, a, a card which four corner cases and then like when you draw it it's just terrible yeah to, to even put it to extreme i tried like a little black splash and painter and added a bad oh lens dude, that was awful <laughs> it was right. a really bad league to show it off but the idea was like i had two opposition agents in the sideboard because i wanted to, some help against elves not doomsday i promise doomsday don't need help and um <laughs> but like just drawing the Badlands rather than a mounted was such a massive cost and just having this in the deck. Right. And Oracle is just even worse. It's like, okay, so you're putting an Oracle in the deck so you can pitch it to force, yeah. but you can play like a preordain. I don't know. Yeah. And that's like, exactly what I want to say, right? Right. So I think if you if you want to build the consciousness, like what the second Oracle actually does to you is the the processes. You put in a second Oracle with either a different different artwork, I think there's none, or a foil version. So you can actually differentiate between when you actually drew the second oracle, and then every time you draw the second oracle in your head, you think, what if this was a, let's say, preordain? And all of a sudden, you usually, like in, I don't know, 90 plus percent of cases, you will feel insanely better if you, if the second foil oracle was a preordain. And, and you know, that that's the only really real way to build consciousness about the kind of difference that it might make, right? That, that's yeah. what I would recommend. Totally. Are there and any like, piles where you want a second? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think like, there, are, like, there are. You know, like people, keep, uh, people keep saying like, you know, it's pretty good against endurance, blah blah blah. But then like, there's also like Sheldon Ember Cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's like for me, like, there's nothing more satisfying than like half cast Ember Cool ma for <laughs> one mana. You know, it's like yeah, that's yeah. a dream. Yeah. Um. By the way, but, for your for your training camp, if you want to go really hardcore, rather than push ups, every time you lose, you have to play a match with Jeskai. <laughs> I'll probably do 100 push-ups instead. Yeah, just, just. <laughs> you know the, the way that it goes. Like every time you have the choice, either play a match with Cheskai or do 10 more push-ups, and let's see where the breaking point is. Oh, it's God, like dude. 40 push-ups or a match with Cheskai 50, 60. Yeah. What, what's too much, Kai? <laughs> I mean, like I think like the only good part about this uh, about this deal is that you didn't say Thalia because I think like playing with Thalia, like any deck with Thalia, Guardian of Thraben is probably just concept for me. What so, about Thalia's Epic Storm? Uh, that's I guess that's okay because it plays Dark Ritual. Like I'm I'm that's, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so it's actually though. any deck that tries to ramp out Thalia. I guess I'll draw Stompy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, for, I mean, for, fortunately, yes, no white dark ritual. Yeah, so. DNT tries to ramp her out turn two. <laughs> <laughs> I play a ramp deck every turn I ramp by one land. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, that's so. how it works. Callum, what have you been up to, man? I've just been jamming tons more painter. I'm sure people are getting bored of me going on about this deck, but just been playing tons more of it, trying a few new things like a terrible, terrible black splash for opposition agent which was a three mana three two with flash that I couldn't cast half the time. Otherwise, it's still too hot in England as well. It's kind of getting to the point where you're just struggling to kind of do things and think and it's getting a bit much, but... You stream, it, right? I've seen oh, you yeah. stream a lot lately. I've been streaming more because I'm just like spending more time in and like not wanting to go out and stuff. So yeah, I've been playing more Painter. I think I played some like Bant uh, Ephemerate deck as well, which is fun. Yeah, yeah, you did that while I was streaming, so I wasn't able to catch that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was cool. It was like um, kind of going Spellseeker for Ephemerate to go and get 
greens and zenith for eternal witness to then get like to fairy enormous chant going it was a bit of like a a band fair combo deck ish the fun stuff the fun stuff the fun stuff the fun stuff <laughs> and then yeah paint has just been treating me great and i'm still having an absolute blast playing it i'm trying a few different things like i'm trying without khan i don't think it's better in the long run but it's something i want to try are there any like big holes that you want to patch you already mentioned opposition agent uh, as a way to like attack left yeah so i've started tracking my results again i, I haven't done it for literal years but i want to see if the matches i feel are bad are actually bad so i think elves is close maybe slightly unfavored if they play like a, a slow interactive game so the, the matches i lose are the ones where they have a reclaimer into like bajuka bog up with force of vigor endurance besaju channels and stuff those are the kind of games i lose the slower ones so i want to see if i can patch that up that was the idea behind opposition agent because it, it fights their yeah. their uh, end game of got green what about strawberry shortcake hmm. either one canonist because that's such a bane for us. But the thing is, that doesn't actually help with the games that I lose. It's weird. So I don't True. lose the games where they play fast True. the board. Because I have Furies. I have three Furies. I have once upon a time to find the Furies. I'm also able to combo fast myself. It's the slower ones where they kill me turn four or five with a natural order. Or like a few elves on the board and then Shepard. It's those ones that I lose where they have two or three pieces of interaction and then are yeah. able to kind of kill me in their own time. I was going to say, in that case, you would need like Fury to have Flash, but that would be um, uh, Pyrokinesis then. Yes, so Pyrokinesis is is on the cards. I did play like one Pyrokinesis in the sideboard and two Furies main. I think I'm on Fury still because hardcasting it, the difference of five and six mana is massive and being able to find it off once upon a time is massive. But Pyrokinesis is, is a lot better in a lot of matchups. It's better against Elves, Death and Taxes, Goblins, um, Moon Stompy as well, often... It's just better, but Fury hitting Planeswalkers is massive as well. Khan is obviously very good against Painter, and Khan is played here and there, and it's just incredible against the Jeskai decks, which I'm kind of coming to maybe Parakinesis is right because the Jeskai decks don't need help. It's it's a weird mix. It's hard to find the balance, but Fury... The other new addition to the deck is Fable of the Mirror Breaker. It's, it's been around for a little bit now, but I'm just completely on board with three minimum in every painter list I'll play, I'm sure. Yeah. The, the card is just absolutely incredible. And I really think it's underrated and underplayed in Legacy as a whole. Like any deck with red in should think about it at the very least. And you'll, you'll have to like see if it actually fits your deck's game plan and stuff. But in painter, it just does everything like makes artifacts and ramps, which is things you often want or just more mana. The, the treasures you can weld out in and out. It's more things like that, which plays nicely. So I've built the deck these days to be playing around Meltdown so heavily that you very often just don't have any artifacts in play for a long time. And so having this fable as like a threat and then it attacks, then it's an artifact in play for a Goblin Welder or Engineer to weld something in. Yeah, it's and like it's made for Painter. It yeah. is. And then the, the, the looting is just great. Like It puts the artifacts in the graveyard, of course, which is great for the welders as well. But just looting away removal in the matchups you don't want it or vice versa, digging for combo pieces, finding the, the sagas against control. It's, and then... The Kikis are like just threats themselves. Like the the fables, the first fable helps the second fable, which helps the third. So yeah, like the first one, if you're mana screwed, then you'll you'll loot away more uh, like further ones if you can't play them, or vice versa. You can like have that use the first one to dig for more of them, and then the Kikis, the the third side, they work together. Like you can at the end of your opponent's turn, you can use one to copy another one, and then you flip back and forth. And so for one mana, you get a two two haste in a weird way. So they're kind of a win con as well. And very, very often I've been winning with surprise lethals by like end of turn, make a construct, 
Kiki copy the construct and you you hit for like 15 to 20 damage out of nowhere quite a lot with that as well <laughs> you know we, we, we should have like an entire dedicated paint everyday paint job with Callum Smith <laughs> yeah so yeah I could literally talk about it for hours and hours so yeah. don't don't get me started but Qu- a quick question I, I saw you experiment with I think possessed portal C- can you quickly tell us what it does <laughs> and what it did for you possessed portal it's an eight mana artifact and it's each if a player would draw a card it is. yeah well, look, it's painter. We have well done engineer. You can play anything you want. I, I have a re- I have a Reaper King in the post at the moment on its way to me. But um, it's an eight mana artifact. If a player would draw a card, that player skips that draw instead. And at the beginning of each player's upkeep, they sacrifice a permanent or discard a card. So it kind of just locks both players out of the game, which is awesome because <laughs> it's fun and it's a big artifact and it's sweet. But also like with Welder, you can weld it out at the end of your opponent's oh. turn, and then you weld oh, it back in. Oh, that's so nasty, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it used to be a, a deck called Cerebral Assassins back in the day. I'm not sure if it was like Legacy and Vintage, or it's mostly Vintage. But yeah, you used to just weld Portal out, so it locks your opponent out. They never get to draw a card again, and they have to sacrifice or discard every upkeep. And you just have to tap your welder, which is pretty fun. But it's terrible, <laughs> don't worry. It's just okay. really it's just really fun. I, I hardcast it against Jess Guy, and it was a cool screenshot, but they just cast Fossil Will on it. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I think like the very first time I was like highly impressed by Goblin Velder was uh, when Mirrodin came out and they uh, released uh, Mindslaver. I think like that was mm. the actual first time I was like, dude, like this Goblin, uh, this Goblin Velder is just no joke. Seriously. It was a vintage yeah. deck. I think Slaver Control was like one of the best vintage decks for many years. Oh, was it? It yeah. was. Was yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, you could like even eventually build up to something where you had like 13 mana and play like Academy Ruins. And then you could mind slaver every single turn. And before that happened, you could also just like uh, weld it in and out and, and take turns. That was crazy. like a, a blue Tron thing in modern for a long time as well. The Winkle was usually just like one mind slaver and one Sundering Titan. <laughs> That's <Right>. it. <laughs> yeah, the hardest thing about Painter actually is like it, it can be a difficult deck to play and it can be difficult to sequence, but the actual hardest part of the deck is not be getting tempted to put all these really cool, sweet big artifacts in your deck. It's it's such a trap, I think. And, you know, there's so many cool ones. You can Sundering Titan, like, four-color control. You can Possess Portal, these, like, decks trying to draw loads of cards. Especially, like, the Riddler deck and these things. You just completely shut them down. You right. can you can Worm Coil against Delver. And you can do so many cool things. Burlis' Citadel is obviously the most fun one. But you just don't need any of that. You just want to get a Painter and play and then <laughs> grind them. them out, right? Yeah. So that's the hardest part. I'm going to build a, a build with um, the, Re- the Reaper King, which is a five mana if you pay one of every color, or otherwise it's like a 10 mana artifact, 6-6 six, six Scarecrow. Other Scarecrows you control get plus one, plus one. So your painters are now two fours and bolt proof. And then whenever another Scarecrow comes into play, you can Vindicate. So I want to just get into play with a welder and then like weld painters in and out and vindicate everyone's lands. Oh, so, yeah. so, so, so your <laughs> Goblin Welders and Goblin Engineers, they say tap, Vindicate? Yeah. It's such nonsense <laughs> it's overkill. Such it's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the idea oh, behind amazing. it was like Delver can only just make enough mana to melt down for 10. So I'm going to play a 10 drop artifact and see if they can melt down it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I want you to say that with a straight face when you're like on coverage at like a big paper event it's like yeah they they, they can't uh melt down it i, <laughs> melt down I, I this. needed to go yeah the, the other the other big part to play the card is the flavor text is awesome it just says it's harvest time it's just oh, brilliant sweet, yeah, sweet, yeah. Sweet, sweet. so 
Anyway, or like also I like that I like I I'm whining about like a second that's so cool where like Callum just plays a full set of painter servant, you know, it's like Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well I can complain about that as well. I there's a few others, so I'm not the only one, but I feel like I'm one of the only ones playing once upon a time, like consistently. And I think the card is absolutely incredible in the deck, but a lot of people don't and I don't really have a reason that they don't. It's it's so good. It's just absolutely amazing in the deck. And uh everyone should play it. Sick. Okay, cool. Uh, Julian, well, what's going on in your... But actually, so, uh, quickly before we move on, um, Callum, you, you want to shout out one of the, the upcoming big legacy events in the UK that we talked about uh, oh, yes. yesterday? Oh, yes. yes. Good reminder. It's not in our show notes written in a different color. Really big to remind me here, is it? No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, so if anyone hasn't heard before, I've, I've mentioned them a few times on the podcast, but a TO in England called Axion Now, they are just like the dream TOs. They are big supporters of Legacy, especially. They are always looking out for the players. They have good good prizes, ex expertly run events. They've been in the game for a long, long time. They do like the, the biggest events in the UK as well. So they're very, they work closely with Wizards. They do these things called like mega weekends and they do mega modern, mega pioneer, mega events. And now this upcoming uh, October on the 22nd and the 23rd, they're doing mega legacy but they're doing two Mega Legacies as well. So that on the Saturday and the Sunday, they're doing Mega Legacy events, which I expect there's going to be like 100 to 150 people, probably, maybe more. The last Legacy event, they had over 100 people. And this one is like a double header, and it's in a bigger venue. It's it's called The Gathering is the name of it. But in like um, when I was being told about the event previously, they were saying it's going to be called like a Giga Weekend. It's just going to be huge. There's going to be like hundreds and hundreds of people there because there's like Mega Modern as well and there's Big Pioneer thing, loads of side events. It's just going to be like a... It's like a, a GP basically, but it might be a bit smaller, but there's going to be huge turnout and yeah, double-header Legacy Weekend. I'm trying to push for like a lot of people to come over from Europe and stuff and I think it'd be worth it because actually now they just always have amazing prizes and they don't do that thing where like you know they announce the prizes and it's stuck if if there's like a lot more players they will bump the prizes up that's very often like blue jewels and stuff at the top in the past people used to win like four c's and like a play set of like so many jewels and all this stuff so it's okay. uh and well you said that's in out. birmingham yes it's in birmingham tell um, me something October. exciting about birmingham because the only time i went there it was like boring as shit um no <laughs> come on like, it's like, like like for once can you like try to sell us birmingham come on just like i think that tourism department has tried for decades and just doesn't catch on birmingham one time i played a legacy gp there with miracles and i played against ant with city of solitude two show and tells with um Beseju and burn as my first four rounds there's there's selling birmingham for you yeah. You, you know what they should do with Birmingham? They should give it like I think it's called like the Sellerfield treatment where like the power plant that's that every time it blows up they give it a different name. Mm. Maybe they should try that with Birmingham. Oh you know what? Black Sabbath's from there. There we go. Are they? Yeah. Oh my god. Man, I, I'm like so so sorry for That's them. about like the last place I would have thought they were from from <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. how it is. There we go. I've sold you. <laughs> okay but yeah um so they've they've announced the dates for this the tickets aren't up yet and there's not further information but they wanted to announce it so that people get to put it in their diary and stuff and start to look into accommodation yeah, travel yeah. so yeah i'm 100 going to be there for both days and i am so so excited for it once again remind me what's the date 22nd 23rd of october ah okay so there's still some time to go yeah a few months away awesome awesome yeah. cool yeah i already know which deck i'm gonna play there if, if i'm gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna play um blue white moderation control i think it's the best oh, like, legacy yes. right now. Is, isn't it in, oh, in yeah. it in it 
I'm it's basically to pick up more like British Link in it. It's basically undefeated. <laughs> it's basically. <laughs> <laughs> it only lost to itself by timing out. It's safe, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it worked. All right. What, what the hell is moderation? Yeah, moderation is one of the best cards in Legacy, apparently. Uh, it's an enchantment, <laughs> a colorless, a blue and a white. You can only play a single spell every turn from now on. But every time you do, you draw a card. So there's, there's no feeling like using Force of Will under moderation. Because, you know, the entire idea is, yeah, you can only play one spell each turn, so you try to play stuff on your opponent's turn. And I mean, Force of Will is basically made from that. It makes up for the card. Like it's, once you do that, you really get addicted to it. Overall, the card is still shit. It's just like, <laughs> that's the way it works. Like, you draw additional cards, you, you really gotta make use of the additional card draw you get through doing more stuff like cycling or what have you, like getting stuff back from the graveyard, these, these like time distracting effects, I would guess. But the, the list I played was submitted to me as a donation deck list by Kinda. Actually, what, what's Kinda's first name? I, I don't know. Patrick. Patrick. Oh, yeah, Patrick. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. I remember. Yeah, I see it every time you submit the deck list. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is completely off the wall. This is very different. This played four Meek Stones. This played Oracle and Vec. This, I think... You can't even like properly describe it. I'm just happy that it's not a Yorian deck because these kind of decks are very prone to to somebody just like slapping in a, a Yorian and being like, "Hey, why not?" I, I think we're gonna need to post the link in like the yeah. There's the just like no way around it. I have, to, <laughs> I have to post a link to the league and the deck list because it's it's just so off the wall. But I, I think the core concept of it is of it is a, it's a blue white control deck that only plays two salts to plowshares in the main deck. It plays uh, sagas. It it plays like lots of like. Forced, like, um, how would you put? You're like, explaining I, I, a blue white control deck here. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it, it's it's the very opposite of, of what people yeah. would imagine if it's a blue white control deck. Actually, I should have to deck this up somewhere here. But it plays um, that that Teferi, not the good one. Oh yeah, that, that was the worst card in the deck. <laughs> that, that was the worst card in the deck by far. It, it was like worse than Impulse. What were the most surprisingly good cards? Oh, God damn it. Uh, you know what? Now I'm actually going to open up the deck list because yeah, I, feel, deck... I feel like the, I feel like the past five minutes, like everything you just said, like <laughs> reminds me of someone talking about this very first commander deck. Seriously, though, <laughs> it's it's not that far from it. But you know what? This deck actually deserves me looking up the deck list. Did it have Oracle in Vec in it? Oh, uh, it had a one of Oracle in Vec. Yeah. You want to quickly explain what it does? Kai, do you know what Oracle in Vec does? I I I think I've heard the card name some it's, sometime, but it's, this was like the first card Patrick came to us saying, "How do I make this card work?" And I was stumped. It's I I just don't know how it doesn't work. So it's one white for a one one, and you can tap it, and your opponent chooses any of their creatures, and then on their next turn, if they don't attack with that creature but could. They sacrifice, I believe. So the trick is like you... Okay, let me quickly interrupt you there. Yeah. It's just straight up if they don't attack with that creature. Okay, it, okay. There's no if they could, because if the creature's tapped, it can't, right? But it still gets destroyed. That's right, the idea. Right, right, right. So you... They choose some of their creatures, and then you... What tap do you it. do? You tap it. <laughs> <laughs> with Pacification Array, or Meekstone. Oh kinda. my or, god. Or keep it tapped. Or you steal it with Old Man of the Sea. We are still not sure if Old Man of the Sea, like, stealing it still kills it. Mm. Uh, it might. Uh, it never came up. Old Man of the Sea wow, literally that, that, completely destroyed us. Is, is that a number, or is that a combo? Uh, we we, we, are, we have yet to find out, but the thing is, Old Man of the Sea, by, by the way, that's just, like, more cards like that. That's I saw you wrecking elves with Old Man of the Sea. Old Man of the Sea completely wrecked elves. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so i like how we've gone from julian was like okay so it was like a blue white deck that has saga force of will source of plowshares it's like, okay all right and now we go like oracle and vec old man of the old sea, of the sea. Uh, that's the one condition sea dasher octopus sea dasher octopus <laughs> i literally had to learn how mutate works to, to play the stack mutate is very easy i don't know how you wouldn't no, well, I, 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 control like 
properly operating the Cedar Shocktopus was harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> There's also Nebelgast, Harold, which... Uh, Her- Harold? Not Harold. Not, that, like, that's not the, the combo. Name. You Oracle and Vec make them say, I have to attack my Emrakul, and then you uh, Herald it, which is yeah, like so, a spirit so of flash does, that taps like, it. Yeah, exactly. It's like a three-mana spirit, and I think all your other spirits, when they come into play, also tap something. And here, here's another thing. Um, I, I just want to check one thing. So just to be sure that I understand this right, so you've got Oracle and Vec, and then you tap it, so they choose their Emrakul that has to attack, and then you cast your Nebelgast Harald to tap it, and then the Emrakul doesn't get to attack, so it's destroyed. Yeah. And I get that Emrakul is the worst example I could have chosen here, because you can't swords it, but we're we're playing two swords because we have this two-mana creature that needs to untap and your opponent to make the wrong decision. And then this three-mana blue spell we need to resolve to kill a creature rather than play a swords. But we have, we have way more... <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we have way more. Um, I, I think one of the, the, the standout cards for the deck was Pacification Array, which is a one-mana artifact and you can pay two mana and tap it to tap any creature. And that's just like... it, it is. I can't put in words how good the card was. You, uh, <laughs> pr- primarily because, like, you find it of Saga. Yeah, uh, And then cool. just, like, you tap their blockers, you tap their Marit Large, whatever, what have you, and you just get in there. And there's also, like, this this neat combo of using authority of the consults uh, and also, like, blind obedience and stuff to, to have, like, their stuff come into play tapped in the first place. And then you have Meekstone. Like, if you have authority of the con- consults and you have Meekstone, like, their Marit Large comes to play tapped and stays tapped forever. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny, yeah. There's, oh. there's a new card that Patrick posted today, so saying, how did I not think of this one? So he thought of uh, Thalia Harris at Cathar, because opponent's creatures come into play tapped. But that's also a three-power thing, so it gets locked down by your own Meekstone. But there's a dinosaur from Ixalan. It's two, two and a white for <laughs> two trees. Yeah. I forgot what it's called. Something's Raptor or something. Uh, three mana, two and a white for two, three flying, and your opponent's creatures come into play tapped. Two, oh, three flying. So it doesn't get is, locked down by uh, a Meekstone. That, that Griffin? Mm, it might be a, it's a griffin dinosaur then fine that's interesting because <laughs> like I, th- I thought there's like also like an, en- an really old enchantment from like alpha so that also says like that every creature uh, be there's tapped. root maze root maze on kismet yeah kismet mm. i think it's oh, kismet, or right? is, is it kismet yeah i think Kis- kismet is like kismet. everything comes to be tapped it's like a four minor enchantment i think yeah yeah we're it's, not it's, there yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> like but we're playing old man of the sea like that's another old school magic yeah, yeah. Uh, just like power honestly but... old man of the sea was surprisingly good i never thought it would be this good like i thought what? it was a meme and it it really like it wrecked elves from a position where i thought i was losing <laughs> <laughs> can you just like please stop saying that it wrecked elves holy shit that sounds so wrong holy moly yeah yeah you, you oh, haven't like, lived until you have like it's so funny. Like, 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 like most people play like, plague, plague engineer terminus supreme verdict whatever <laughs> like yeah i mean i got this old man off the sea you know it's like <laughs> spell was actually wrecked. incredibly sick in the deck i saw you like them play a con and you just get to like spell quiller their uncountable thing and then attack the con down and stuff yeah yeah this this, this is out of this world this deck also you asked me um, for the best deck i think the best deck was the the avon mind sensor on the sideboard i think we just like destroyed so many decks of straight up just like oh, avon mind sensor it was how a did, one-off how did mind sensor and opposition agent work Oh, dude, yeah. are you trying to oh, break my, my brain? Yep. We're, we're still not sure. <laughs> <laughs> because is it you the, or your opponent searching? Um, so it says if an opponent would search a library, right? And that, that's what it says in one sensor. Mm-hmm. And if I was searching, the opponent gets to control me during my search when they have a position agent. So I wasn't quite sure whether they were actually searching it my library. It sounds like when, you're searching, but they control yeah. you. 
They're the yeah, puppet exactly. master. You're the puppet. In, in that case, the Avon mind sensor wouldn't work because chat was like so conf confusing me all the time. But I gotta say, like most of the time, chat gave really good advice during the league. Oh yeah. Uh, because they found the, the exact card they wanted. I, I can't really be sure whether that happened to be in the top four or whether they really get to search my entire library. I think from the way it's worded, they get to search my entire library. Uh, but then there's also like the the an additional filter in there which is like how is magic online programmed yeah you know, all yeah. of a sudden they could just like be making emra cool or something <laughs> yeah just like yeah that comes up and they just have your whole library in play okay. <laughs> and then and then i deck yeah yeah <laughs> put your library you, you know what that, that could be a spell for the future like how, how much mana would that be put put take your library put all permanents into play and shuffle the rest into your library that's it, like 20 mana kind of is so there's a there's a 10 mana card which is you put the top card of your library, you, you reveal the top card. If it's a permanent, you put it into play and you repeat this. So if your whole deck is permanent, it's 10 mana, put it into play. Uh, so if for like if you want to have spells that aren't that spell, then you probably have to make it like 14, 15 mana. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean like you, you can also just, you can also just have like omniscience and enter the infinite, you know, like yeah. that's same yeah. thing, you know. But yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the deck list, uh, I thought this could be like a beautiful train wreck. But we actually ended, we started out four and zero. We wrecked a bunch of decks, like literally wrecked them. Just bad decks uh, as well, like elves and blue decks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a couple of like these four color blue decks. I, I don't even like properly remember, but they're. I think we wrecked Doomsday. How did this deck actually beat Doomsday? I'm trying to remember. Mind sensor. Oh, I mean, you didn't you? Yeah, didn't you just like say mind sensor and what opposition agent? <laughs> <laughs> no, we the opponent played opposition agent. I actually don't remember, but I I'm pretty sure we wrecked Doomsday somehow. Spell quality seems pretty good against Oracle Cavern. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I think actually we might have done that. Uh, or maybe the opponents aren't coming and try to play around that. Because I, I played uh, Spirit, Spirits in a Challenge once. The yeah. Spell Queller was actually insanely good. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was definitely not the old man of the sea, I think. Highest world's nightmare. Oh, you but yeah, take the Oracle in, with the trigger on the stack. At the very end. I also won against Death in Texas. And that was one of the most unique games I ever played because my opponent literally timed out in the first game. And I also only had like a minute <laughs> left. And and you know the beauty of it? I think I have a... Uh, I've seen I, I a screenshot of like 60 permanents in play. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a pretty good understanding for especially these kind of decks and matchups and how they play out. Because I think after the first 30 seconds or so, I called it. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to time out in this match because I think that's just like how the matchup is supposed to work. I did not expect for somebody to time out in the first game. I thought like somebody would time out in the second game because that happens quite often in, in that kind of matchup. Well, you are noted moderation versus DNT expert, Julian. <laughs> so you should know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it, it was insane though. Like it's it's not like any one of us like really wasted time. Like I literally fell behind five minutes. I think I was down to 10 minutes against their 16. Oh, wow. And at that point I was like, okay, I just like I have to play. I have to stay alive. I have to make quick decisions because like, it was like quite complicated, especially since... Damn, I had that stupid fairy who slows down the sunset or whatever it's called. It's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I wouldn't even play it at three mana, but we had it at four mana. What made the game go so long? Was it like authority of the councils, gaining life and Meekstone as well and stuff? Uh, I think we both were at like 50 life at some point. Um, <laughs> and then they would attack and then like I would gain back life, Shadow Spear and stuff. But the, the board was entirely gridlocked. Like I, I didn't have any good attacks. They didn't have any good attacks. And just like nothing happened. Like literally we, we just sat there and, and tried to like maneuver and then we could like randomly get in for 12 damage, but it didn't really matter. And it just kept going and going and going. No player had any way to <laughs> to out chess the other player until the opponent literally timed out right. in the first game. And then they called, like they, they typed in chat, bad form. 
and then they <laughs> you need to use the screenshot of this like some snips of this video to show to people when they say like oh legacy is a turn one format and you can die turn one you know or, like, I'm, I'm actually gonna like... link a screenshot of that match in the show notes yeah yeah do actually let me let me put that down here it's so ridiculous because okay. <laughs> I, I, I haven't watched it for my insanity but i definitely saw the screenshot of like 60 permanents as i said yeah. and played just like Definitely. Oh boy! Yeah, let let us have it. Let let the world have it. Dark ritual <laughs> play is nightmare. May I quote from the Reddit thread because I rarely post my my videos, at least to Reddit. But mm. this one was so out there, I posted it, and there was somebody. Let me find that because I loved that comment on the video I posted. Where is it? Posts. Here we go. Ah, uh, six comments. Ah, uh, that's okay. Okay, here a comment by LiFi. Me seeing the thumbnail. Okay, the format has got some uh, has got some generic good cards, instant speed, blah blah blah. I can imagine a kind of normal looking blue white stack skewed a little bit to take advantage of moderation, maybe with some extra opt consider or whatever. Me seeing the deck tech. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I can highly recommend checking out the stack. Yeah, it's 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 a wild one. It's very wild. <laughs> and uh, second big thing, even though like we we are already like half an hour into the forty minutes into the cast, some other podcast called it an episode. I guess we call it an intro. Um, I can't believe it, but something inside, excite, something insane happened. So you know how there's, I think, seven or eight episodes of Everyday Eternal that are lost to time. I think they are from episode I want to say thirty five until forty four. That we just like couldn't find there's 37 the miracle man which i think min had still on his computer and sent it to me a couple of years ago so we could like recover that but the other eight ones they are they are lost literally lost the time they just like didn't exist you can't listen to them anymore but now an exciting thing happened allegedly it happened inside a museum somebody dug up episode number 36 Hell cans yeah. of Takir review with sam and matt Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't posted it yet, but I'm gonna post it to to the podcast thread uh, or rather the podcast feed, so it should be on Spotify in the next like day or two. Uh, so you can go back and listen to that. And it's, it's a wild one. <laughs> I recently Wait, checked out the show. The cons of talk here. I mean, yeah. was, wasn't wasn't that the set of Treasure Cruise in Dictory Time? Was it? I think so. Right. Cons of talk. Oh, oh, it's Dragons of Talk here. Oh, Dragons of Tokyo. Cause, yeah, because like I was gonna say, yeah, like what if like oh, like yeah, I mean, Treasure Cruise probably fringe playable, you know. It's probably like two mana too much to play. I think. <laughs> you, you know what the beauty of this of it is? I'm actually checking out the show notes right here. Uh, they listed one, two, three, four, five, six, like like 15 cards in the show notes from like Assault Formation, Unoffense, Akintri Spirit, Nasa Transcendent, <laughs> Sarkin Unbroken, Display of Dominance. Yada yada yada. Myth realized, which I guess was the closest to to being a thing. Hey, but the I one thing. That. Yeah, the one thing they didn't list is, uh, isn't Kodagan's command in there? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a, it might be nested under com under commands. They, they have an entire segment for commands, so maybe it's on, <laughs> in, in there. I just like oh, how by far the best card in there doesn't even like warrant uh, its own yeah. thing. God, I don't remember what else was in that set. Uh, Dragonlord Colligan's been like a win condition in Dredge. If you're really, really <laughs> digging for... Uh, yeah, in Vintage Dredge, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought a legacy dredge. You could play a legacy dredge rather than the the zealot, but like, Blank can sell it. Yeah, you don't. Didn't die recently die to that? Uh, Kai recently died to that. <laughs> yep. Kai dies yeah. to lots of things. <laughs> Running volley. Uh, 
They also apparently they have a segment at the one hour twenty nine mark where they complain about the artwork for Ward, Ward of Command. <laughs> like I mean, I can see that, right? <laughs> I don't remember what that does. Uh, you, uh, Word of Command actually used to be a legacy card. Oh, Word of Command. That was my... Oh, sorry. I thought you said something else. That was my avatar on Magic Online for years. I like Actually? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and for those who don't know, it's literally two white eyes on a black background. It's it's <laughs> like... It's 4, 4 p.m. Your boss tells you, oh, damn, we, we still have to like, submit this one artwork for Wizards of the Coast. You're like... Okay, done. See you. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, definitely check that out. That's going to be available soon. Uh, literally allegedly dug up from a museum somewhere in Europe, and I'm excited to, to listen to it. Actually, I, I started listening to it. Uh, never mind the sound quality. <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. what you get uh, from seven years ago. But it's exciting. Cool. Cool. So, finally moving out of, of the outro. There's, there's an ex- insane amount of work put into the Legacy Data Collection group, and all the, the things they put together, uh, trying to give us an overview of what they're doing. And what I saw Volrod XP Chodaya release the other day is a collection of all the results ever since the Ragavan ban in January. So basically, the current meta game, as it is, going back like seven, eight months now, and just putting all of that into, into stats, just to give you an idea of what has been going down in this format. Obviously, the format has somewhat shifted uh, over time as people like discover new things and try to metagame against each other. But I just thought this is exciting. This is absolutely exciting because this paints like a big picture of the format that we rarely ever get to see. Like this is the kind of stuff that usually only Wizards of the Coast gets to see, uh, <laughs> assuming that they have like a way to to properly mine the data. Maybe, maybe you know, they're sub- subscribed to a data collection group on Patreon. Just get their data from there. <laughs> Who knows? But guys, can can you imagine like what is the most played deck of the last eight months? Do you mm. get, get any idea? I do. I got no idea. No idea. So 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 close. Hit us. Yeah, it's, it's a little known rogue deck. It's called uh, Blue Red Delver. Oh, it's probably Mine, Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, fringe yeah. playable. <laughs> yeah, very very fringe playable. Fringe playable enough that twenty one percent of people. Uh, in I guess that's like legacy challenges and showcase chat. Yeah, I guess that's all. The yeah, I think ch- challenges and mo- mostly right. Mm. I, I don't think they even scrape the like the five O's. It doesn't really add to anything. No. So this will be challenges. Yeah, especially the five O's are like insanely biased because you can only ever get like one deck of every archetype. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So this is twenty one percent. I remember when when uh, Canadian Threshold and call me an old man, but when Canadian Threshold was like the top dog. Everybody called it the nine percent deck because it would never go higher than nine percent because that's <laughs> just like how legacy worked. And back then, it was like a lot more affordable. Like you could easily like pick it up for like a couple hundred. Uh, I would say easily like five hundred euros or something. Canadian threshold easy going. But yeah, this is this is what we're at now on Magic Online. Blue red diver past seven eight months twenty one percent. Yeah, it's a lot. I like over the years. I don't have anything to back this up other than like rough memory, but I don't remember any other decks like ever really getting over thirteen, fourteen percent. I wonder if it's a. Do you think this is based on power level or like how how much people like the deck, or is it like a something to do with Magic Online? Uh, I guess all of that like feeds yeah. into it. Also, yeah, it yeah. helps quite a lot that the deck heavily overlaps with modern, so mm-hmm. you only need to get like a couple more extra right. cards, and then you have like a modern and a legacy deck. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's also that like it, it plays like all the pillars of of legacy, right? Like it plays like days for uh, all the best best cantrips. It plays double of secrets. It plays wasteland. Like all the legacy-ish cards. Like imagine if let's say like Lone Pox was like you know like 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 like, like, like let's, let's say let's say like you know <laughs> that Lone Pox was S tier. Mario. <laughs> I need him to say Lone Pox. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a me, like, Lone Pox. <laughs> I've seen more of that deck recently than you. Well, like well, like yeah, not, but like. Not it would not fit like uh go up to twenty one percent you know that's all I'm saying because like don't pox is not the the true legacy experience you know it does play. Oh, is it not? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think know. turn one. I think turn one. Dark Rachel Liliana into lose the game is pretty, pretty <laughs> legacy. Pox. Yeah, except that you lose the game probably. <laughs> exactly. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I I, 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 I agree like, with you saying that. Yeah, like the, like the general things about Blue Red Delva is that like it's not only powerful but it's also like like quote unquote fun to play because it does play like mm -hmm. all the all the like legacy ish uh, fun cards, right? When when a person comes to me asking like if they're interested in legacy, where to start? If they don't have something they're already interested in and tell me about that, I recommend Delva because it's it is a fun deck to play, especially if you're new to the format. It's highly interactive. It's fairly intuitive. Your game plan is play creatures. Everyone knows how to play creatures and attack. Um, you you play your interaction, counter spells, and and lightning bolt and removal. It's it's all makes sense. And you're you know, like learning to play a tempo game. Maybe you need to learn a bit more because it doesn't exist in the other formats at all times. But I think the deck is a blast to play if you're new to the format, and it teaches you the fundamentals of the format. And it's it's just a really good way to learn the format because you're not going to learn the format by going like turn two smallpox, are you? You're not going to learn what legacy is about, but you can learn what legacy is about by like pondering and not keeping a force of will and then dying to a combo deck, or having one force of will feeling safe and still dying to a combo deck because so you only have one force of will. And then for next time, you're learning about the power level of these other decks and you're learning about can tripping. Like, I mean, I, I, I played against a guy last night at our local game store that usually plays Cloudpost and he swapped it with a friend who for Blue Red Delver. And I played against him with Delver, and it was his first time ever playing with uh, cantrips. And he's been playing Legacy for years, and he was like working it out. And then he asked me, "Should I like ponder or Dragon Rage Channeler first? And it was like, "Well, it depends on the matchup. If you only have one land, all these kind of things." And it's all very interesting. And so, I think maybe part of it is like with more people, with with more overlap with modern people are thinking, "Yeah, I can pick it up in Legacy as well," and they'll carry over the fundamentals. Yep, pretty much that exactly. Mm -hmm. um, I think this also explains the like the um the next couple of decks right that are on the list. Yeah. By the way, did, did I hear some like disrespect for for Pox? No, I'm. I think it's cool. <laughs> Dude, we love Pox, man. Like everyone loves Pox. Gen genuinely, there's um, Reaple Cheap has been like brewing with Pox fairly recently with Green Black. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Reaple Cheap already uh, created curses, which by the way is the deck that stopped the five Oran from for moderation. I think we didn't so, finish that story. So uh, your next I, moderation I, league is going to lose to Pox definitely. Oh yeah, that's how it's um, going to work. I will say Currency Converter is amazing in that deck. So, I don't know, I've been running to Pox more, and it, it's out there. It's going to get you. But uh, I, I, I don't know why we're bringing this up again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, I just wanted, I wanted to, to, to use my, my cool Pox time effect. Uh, oh, does yeah. It, does it actually button. work? Does it work? All right, Pox time, baby. Oh, God. You can hear that? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I routed it correctly. Yeah. I just like <laughs> anyway. To be clear, yeah. everyone, that wasn't me saying that. Julian has it on his soundboard. This yeah. is amazing. I don't even remember when you said that. Probably some kind of episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what that's Blue Red Diver. Yep, twenty-one percent. Love it. Second place, Chess Guy Control at eight percent, like half of Blue Red Diver. Uh, it's just like it's an Magic Online favorite. I find say, find like, God, okay. people. Find God. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna say one thing about Jeska. I think I I, I uh again terrible deck. I think the the only reason why Jeska control is number two is because it has a truckload of removal for Blue Red Delver. And I think that's like that's like literally the only reason why this deck is like so high. It plays like eight white removal. It does play uh, I don't know five or six power blasts. I don't even know how many. Uh, it does play Teferi sometimes if it sticks and you know, it can bounce a Merc Tide. Like literally everything, even like uh, that Timeless Dragon, you know, like every single card in that deck is kind of like just geared towards Delver. Honestly, uh, I think that deck is not very good against Delver. Yeah. I've played, uh, you I don't think so. I have a limited amount of games against it, only like at best 10. But especially post board, you really take them apart very hard with the blasts and blasts and the uh, expressive iteration and Mystic. Sanctuary everything back and do it again and again and again. The one make or break it thing that they can do is to get uh, the Walking Emperor down. Because you you would often sit there with like a bunch of Flusterstorms and Pyroblasts. Like you don't really play the tempo game against them almost at all, except for like those draws where you just deliver them. And the only thing that ever like strikes fear into me is the Wandering Emperor because that comes down at uh, in such speed flash. Like I, I usually the way in in the deck I I have set up right now, which is like a Ghoul to Cut build of of Blue Red without Wastelands. I, I have like a one-off Forcefil in the deck post-board, and th th that's the one you gotta have to fight over that. Uh, obviously, you don't always have it, and it's only there because like of sideboard mapping, but that's one way you can try and beat it. But other than that, like you mentioned, they have so much spot removals, like they can trade very efficiently one for one. Can so you, you would. Can you not just like accept it's a two for one and then just bolt it or unholy heat it? Uh. I'm not even sure I... Like, first of all, I don't have Unholy Heat, but that's a shortcoming on my end. I think I might need to have that. Uh, that's mm -hmm. actually another good reason to to have Unholy Heat, which uh, I guess we're going to talk about later. Mm -hmm. Not that many bolts in the deck post-board. Uh, depends on whether they have stuff like High Breacher. But yeah, that's, that's the one way I see myself losing to it. Other than that, it's actually insane how good the, the Pyroblasts are against it. I mean, surprise, surprise, right? Right, right. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like like both decks are do, kind of like doing the same thing, right? Like, I mean, some Jessica control decks uh, play like uh, like the full set of um, expressive iterations. Some of them play like zero, uh, like more planeswalkers. And there are a couple of like different builds, I think. But like overall, Jessica is kind of trying to just do the same thing as Blue Delver, but without the creatures, more spot removal and try to hit, you know, just deploy some of their planeswalkers maybe in the, the late game, but... I, I don't know. I, I feel like days plus expertive iteration is just like a crime, man. Everyone should just go to, <laughs> go like just straight to jail for that. But I want to <laughs> say um, the one build I have seen, like I don't want to like completely shit over Cheskai. Uh, the one build I have seen of Cheskai that I thought was actually decent and interesting was one that Ossimandias uh, 72, uh, 17 two posted, and I'm trying to find it on Twitter right now. I oh there it is. Uh, I'm going to yeah, get it in the show notes. Yeah, he had two fables if I remember right. Yeah, he had two Fables, which makes the deck a lot better. He had four Expressive Narrations. He had two Pyroblasts in the main. He had four more Blasts in the side. So he also <laughs> had like a Hydroblast in the side. So he has five more Blasts in the side. He had like the good stuff sideboard. He had Meltdowns. He had Is It Static Cards. He even had another Mentor. And he had the Wandering Emperor in the main. Like this is the deck I can actually see myself losing to on a regular basis with uh, Delva. Uh, at least the Blue-Red Wastelandless Delva variant that, that I played. And overall, Snapcaster Mage is like basically Snapcaster Mage is the, the slot where I guess you would get to experiment. That's obviously another great card against the Delver decks uh, that not all of them play these days. Uh, some, some others try to like go hard on like dress down or, or even some kind of uh, days undoing um, combo. But I'm I'm gonna link this in the show notes because I think if you play Chess Guy, 
Maybe you need to, you know, innovate on some of the stuff, but overall, I think this is a very, very solid chess guy list. This is probably the way to go with chess guy. I think he, yeah, he made top eight in the showcase, ended up losing to Blue Black Shadow. I think it wasn't the showcase, but yeah, still challenge. Oh, legacy challenge, yeah. So yeah. Legacy challenge. You're but right. I agree. Still seems better. I think with chess guy, you need to just be like, okay, fine. My mana is bad. I'm playing four iterations and basically no basics. Uh, how many? He actually has an insane amount of basics. He has six yeah, he has basics. Like six basics, yeah. All right, fine. Don't listen to me. I'm. <laughs> he has plateau in there as well. Oh my god, <laughs> best card ever. And mismatching starts the plushers. But yeah, this this is like this is mm-hmm. very much a chess card deck I would get, get behind just from the blue red diver perspective uh, because this has the potential to be scary. I guess the yeah. idea is like with fables, it's it's better if you have snapcaster mage. Like if you have fable and you you get the ultimate of fable going, you have snapcaster mage. That's just insane. Yeah, I, I think fable here is just mostly for the first two sides, and then yeah, like in it, most decks, right? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. With I mean, Paint, it, Paint yeah, is the third. It, it, I mean, like Fable looks. Yeah. Kind of, this is like a like a medium Fable deck. I feel like like yeah. it's, it's similar to like Sneak and Show, where um I played against yesterday on stream, where like Sneak and Show went like turn two Fable of the Mirror. Break Actually, it seems I, amazing. I, I mean, I, I I mean, I didn't I didn't force it. I could have, but I just I just thought that the card's just too mediocre. I would definitely force it if it was um. If it was uh, in a in a blue in a moon stompy deck, maybe because it's just mm-hmm. like too many applications. But I, love, I don't know. I love the idea in sneaky show actually. Maybe against you, it wasn't like threatening in the in the state, but more filtering to find the like the the cards they need. They always love a bit more mana with the ramp as well. It's pretty cool. And then you get to copy an Emrakul. <laughs> yeah, sick, sick. Do I get but, the extra turn? That's that's like the number one question every everyone asks in their life. I think the only creature you can copy with that fable man is a uh, Seaman Spirit Guide, right? Like that's the only non-legendary creature. You, in that can, deck. you can have two fables and you copy each other, but yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah. So yeah, moving on in the grand scheme of things, this year, what else have we seen? Third place, Shared, Death in Texas, Aidcast, Reanimator, and Elves. I guess Elves just in general has, has seen a um, big increase in popularity. Reanimator, mm. just like one of those texts that, that people play. Uh, Death in Texas, all-time favorite in Aidcast. Well, it, it, it's here and it's not, never going to go away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, Red Stompy, Dragon Stompy, Moon Stompy, whatever you want to call it, 4%. Uh, especially lately, the deck has seen a lot of good results. We're going to get to that in a minute. Four color control. Uh, well, the, I feel like the less Anorak streams, the less popular this deck is. Yeah, probably <laughs> makes sense. Total, totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it. Uh, at Nauseam Storm. Uh, yeah. By the way, all the following decks are going to be like three th- percent. Uh, so that's at Nauseam Storm, Lands, Doomsday, Sneak and Show, and then at two percent we have Green White Depth, Yorian Sunnet, which I guess is like the five color Sunnet thing. Mono Green Cloud Post, uh, the Epic Storm, and Painter. Yay. Uh, hey, <laughs> is, is, you, made you know it. what? This is this is like our KPI. Can we get Painter from two to four percent over the course of the year? <laughs> Hell can, can yeah! Can we get more people into the Painter? I, I, everything is a cabal now. I, I hate that, by the way. The word, <laughs> but yeah, everything is a cabal. Yeah, yeah. The, the Painter cabal. <laughs> no, you have to to be in the Painter cabal. You have to have blasted at least fifty brainstorms. <laughs> I don't know. In one game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a running count you keep on your on your stream. I did I did I um against Delver, I've definitely had games where I've blasted like five or six iterations. Honestly, like the thing you should actually keep track of is like how many how many Yorians you get to blast. Oh I've blasted at least two game one against DNT. Oh, it's so it good. Feels great. <laughs> feels great. Yeah. That's so juicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I wanna say about Red Stompy in this listing. 
this is very high for how un- it just hasn't been played a lot this past year. But in the last showcase challenge, it had an insane like 60% win rate with a lot of players, a very good conversion rate in the top placings as well. And I think it's a lot of it is off the back of um, Fable of the Mirror Breaker just being absolutely insane in the deck. Uh, for me, this is one of the like the top three decks in the format at the moment. The even more interesting part of stats is because the Legacy Data Collection Group, they not only put together these these numbers, like how much people play certain decks, they also, and that's just like the crazy thing to me that you usually don't get to see in, in this volume, they literally put together the win percentage without mirrors for all the decks that have been played during challenges and showcases over the course of the year thus far ever since the Ragavan in January. And that's just, that's incredibly valuable data because most of the time, I guess as a podcast, we we try to hold on to data because it's interesting, but everybody understands that's really only that big of a sample size because so there's only so much you can read into that. I think uh, Andrew Ellenbogen once famously said, like the, the art of magic is to try to extrapolate from a data say, size that's too small to properly extrapolate from or something. And that's basically what happens in Magic all the time. But here we have literally all the challenge and showcase matches played ever since January. And drumroll. These are the most successful decks of the year. I guess you guys already saw it. Uh, if you're in a podcast here, let us know in the comments. Who do you, what do you think is the most successful deck of the year? Because number one is not Blue Red Diver. It's a shared number one, but... <laughs> Doomsday has a match win percentage without mirrors of 45%. 54? When you went 54. You're so German, man. I am so German. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, did I just like, say 45? Yeah. <laughs> I went 54. Yeah. In German, we have the weird thing where we say. The, and the uh, best performing deck in Legacy is 45. 45%. 45%. That's the best we can offer. <laughs> no deck. Like every deck actually loses more than half their matches. <laughs> Legacy players, you all suck. Get better. <laughs> None of you can even win half their matches. Oh, like, yeah. You literally disconnect and both players lose. Yeah. Mm. Now, Doomsday first place, 45%. Kai, how many of those wins did you 54. contribute to that? Julian, 54. Did I just say 45 again? Yeah. yeah. Fuck it's, the it's, shit. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, though. Um, yeah, I mean, what, I, yeah, what should I say? Like, Doomsday is crazy powerful. Um, I, I think Doomsday is. Um, among the the top decks in uh, in Legacy, it is probably the one that has the most like quote unquote free wins. There are like there are simply enough games where you go turn one Dark Ritual Doomsdays against certain decks. And there's literally nothing they can do about it. Like decks like Death and Taxes, like Death and Taxes can almost not beat a turn one Doomsday, for example. The same for I don't know most like Maverick lists. Uh, Green Post can't really do anything about it. A lot of control decks struggle against turn one Resolve Doomsday, and so yeah, you get those like free wins on top of like regular good games, you know, on both sides, uh, which I think is just like crazy good. Doomsday obviously has like the the the, the, the big enemy of like Blue Delver. It's like like one of the worst matchups ever, alongside like Death Shadow and Blue Black Mill. Maybe if there's a deck like that. You know, from uh, an anime story arc, I, I, I kind of like that. Like, we have the big top dog, the protagonist of the format, Doomsday, but they have one weakness, and that is the most played deck in the format. Like, they get to crush yeah. everybody, but That's then like, there's this one guy they just can't beat, and it's right. everywhere. 
That's like that's like kind of like the the um, the pack of the devil, really. Like I, I I'm I'm you know like I think everyone who signs up for Doomsday basically has to do like a blood pact of like just saying, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm probably gonna beat a lot of decks, but I'll probably just be the underdog against the most played deck. That's just what it is. But I, you know, hear me out. I think that's still a good deal. I think. So, I think it's uh, a cool spot. It's very interesting. Yeah. Because often you can there. There's usually ways. Like if if a deck you need to target so badly because it's it's your worst matchup and it's the most played deck, you've got to be like, right. Well, we need to sort this out. And you guys have tried really hard to sort it out, but it's just really difficult right. to do. I mean, it's so, literally the only thing we are trying. Like yeah. I, like Martin and Nielsen and I, like we have been like talking about this topic, like how to beat Delva for like the past two years, and it's like it's just you know it just keeps going on. It's uh, it's crazy. It's like the mm -hmm. hardest puzzle I've ever try to, uh, to solve yeah <laughs> but they it's it's complicated because it's like beat delver but also keep why you're why you get these free wins right like you could probably cut some dark rituals or something yeah and be good exactly in some way but yeah yeah maybe you guys remember remember like uh, our poor attempts of like implying like a uro baleful strix type of like buck doomsday mm -hmm. deck that really pretty much did not the Doomsday deck all that well, you know, it was kind of like a, like a weird mid-range deck. And then, I remember you know, getting excited that like Uro can attack and draw into your pile. That's so beautiful, <laughs> you know, right, isn't it? This, this, is like, this is like season three of the Doomsday anime where the protagonist completely gives up their teachings and they try to like tap into <laughs> other powers. Like they found a new master and they try to, to beat the enemy this way. And then it takes all the way until season five until they come back to their original style and then they finally, you know. Turns out the way to win it is get cards in the deck banned. <laughs> <laughs> the only cool. way. so yeah that's that's doomsday uh up there 54 percent as well blue red delva and red stompy and we uh, it kind of flew under the radar for the most part because while it had more players than red than doomsday almost uh, not double but like a third more i, I kind of didn't really didn't really notice um all these like red stompy dragon stompy whatever players up until recently when it really started make uh, making waves uh but yeah it's thus it's, far it's not been popular throughout the whole year as well which is what makes the numbers impressive it right. fable has been such a boon to the deck it's it's i can't even express how good that card is in the deck it just does everything perfectly it's it's incredible so i think that is basically that and hearse to a lesser extent but mostly fable is to blame or to thank for mm -hmm. the increased like player numbers and win rate and as we talked about before i think it's just one of the absolute top decks in the format currently and it's it's also chalice is just still very good against delver um Merktide is a problem for the deck to an extent but they they have some interesting cyborg cards they have but yeah i think a lot of these numbers are from the past few months probably yeah, that, that's what makes it even more uh, impressive, right? Cool, mm -hmm. cool. Then fourth place, also 54%. I think the favorite deck of the podcast that none of us plays, Green White Depth. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's exactly the opposite. Um, like, that, like, this is a deck that was fairly popular and also very strong at the beginning or, like, the first half of this year. Haven't really seen a lot of, like, good results, like, in the, in the past, like, two, three, four weeks. But uh, it was the I think it was the winning decklist in that like that one pa big paper tournament in the states. I, mm -hmm. I just forgot what it was, but it's won tons of paper events actually. I think uh, didn't it actually win the the energy series that happened uh, two yeah. weeks ago that yeah. I commentated? Rodney Bedell won with it. Yeah, that's, oh, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. It's he, also it's also so cool, you know, just like having a twenty twenty, you know. <laughs> twenty twenty is a cool. <laughs> he he went seven zero against Elva with with the deck. <sighs> Damn. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I think he didn't lose he didn't lose a match the whole event. 
I think it, it, it's such a times. technical deck. If you if you have a really good understanding of the matchup on sequencing and like te- like a good feeling for threat evaluation and tempo, uh, I can see the deck doing doing really well. Yeah, so. very much agree. It's kind of like the opposite of Doomsday, right? Like the top deck that's most played is your best matchup, and then it has its own weaknesses. But whereas Doomsday is just like doesn't have other weaknesses against random shit, this probably can. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm actually going to look up? I'm going to look up green-white depth against... Oh, no, that doesn't work. There's, I, there's I, win percentages. Oh, here we go. Sorry to interrupt you there, uh, mm-hmm. because I'm really curious about that. Green-white depth, because they have the win percentage here for the entire year. So let me find blue-red diver. Dude, the data collection guys are insane. Yeah. They have everything you need. So blue-red saga, blue-red diver. Yeah, see? Oh, my God. I, I, I believe. Oh, my God. We are amazing. Win percentage, 58%. Nice. Damn. That's super strong. And I would guess that's like a reasonably big sample size because the deck is like pretty popular. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's also got a pretty good stompy matchup. Let's he... check that out. You know, we can see... Er- yeah. It's just insane that we can see all of that. So I guess they call it red stompy. Yeah. Red stompy. <laughs> Dude, 62%. Bang. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> wow. Cool shot. Love it. Yeah, what a, what a banger. You know, okay, let's see what it's bad against. Yori and Senate, 25%, but 25 and 20%, like these numbers are usually like when the sample size is insanely low. Like, what are the more common ones? 41% against Reanimator, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where do you have like Nick Fitz, 0%? <laughs> <laughs> we found, all right, Nick Fitz is the deck to play, guys. <laughs> okay, here, here, chess guy control, 70, uh, 37%. And I think that's the okay. matchup that most green white depth pilots actually moan the most about. I can uh, see so that. Doesn't I can see, me. like, just loads of swords and Teferi and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah also, not very good cost, against uh, depth combo. Uh, depth combo, only 31%. Uh, what else do we have? Death and Texas, 71%. Okay. Ah, cool. Uh, I, I saw them always talk about like how Death and Texas can be a problem because they have like, you know, Flickervis, Paracast, what have you, but I guess they, they made it work. Yeah, I guess just like Elvish Reclaimer and Knight being great. Okay, 100% against Burn, but I guess the sample size on that is probably mm. a bit lower again. So, this uh, is cool. so yeah, Greenwood Depths, if you're like playing a showcase or a prelim or... I don't know, maybe even a GP. If you can get out of the the first few rounds unscathed, like you are set to play against probably the best decks and the most played decks in the format, which is like Blue Red Delva, Red Stompy and stuff, and you have a good matchup there. I think Grimmauld Depths is also very good against Lands, which is also one of the top decks. So you if you can get to the top brackets, then Grimmauld Depths can just like cruise control through. Lands, we, oh, dude. I, are you reading these these numbers before nope. I see them? Because no, it has seventy four percent against lands. Oh yeah. Oh, well, wow. night is just so insane against lands. Actually, let me let me look up the the sample size on that because that seems insanely high. Seventy sample size, twenty seven games. So it's, it's not. I mean, it's not the world, but it's it's not too reasonable. bad either. Yeah. Night night is absurd against lands, so I'm not super <laughs> surprised. Night is just like one of my favorite cards of all time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cool. Um, so moving on, and speaking of Lance, Lance comes in at, uh, that's fifth place, right? At 52%. Yeah. And then we get a bunch of decks at 51% and 50%. That's Elves, Yori and Sanet, Death and Texas, Sneak Show, 8-Cast, Cheskai Control. Uh, actually, no, Cheskai Control is 50%. Painter is 50%, Four-Color Control is 50%, and Stoneblade is 50%. Wow. Those are all the 50-plus <laughs> decks in the format right now. Stoneblade, good job. 
<laughs> do, do you think that's like like i don't even know what stormblade looks like these days <laughs> it's it's got suffered illusionist probably <laughs> yeah 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 uh, I, I think they, they they have a dedicated uh category for suffered breakfast there probably is yeah and yeah, i'm just yeah. being mean to stormblade <laughs> but yeah those are those are all the decks that have at least 50 percent uh if you want to go 51 percent, then you have to start at eight cast and upwards uh and now we come to the decks that are below 50 percent for the year A&T, 48%, Reanimator, Monogreen Cloudpost, The Epic Storm, and Depth Combo, 47%. And then the lowest of the decks that still make the cutoff is Barn Control at 45%. I think we haven't really seen Barn Control do anything as of late, right? Yeah, I, it top eight I mean, with Yuta Takahashi at the yeah, God of Legacy. I think there are like a, co- a couple of builds here and there, and like the, the most current versions are not even playing Silver Library. They're like uh, on, in the full Life from the Loan package with mm-hmm. Field of the Dead. Like that's what they're doing. I don't know, like I, you know, I, I built a deck of paper. I, I took it to the tournament, uh, to the paper tournament last, uh, last Thursday in Berlin to that um, twenty-seven player tournament. Um, played five rounds and I finished. Ex- I had exactly the result I was hoping for, which was like two to one. Um, <laughs> the dream, so, for control. like, like you know, like the moment when you get paired against like a four-color lone player, and it's like, dude. <laughs> There's like, I and we both know, you know, like the the game's not gonna end in time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we both play like three copies of Endurance. I oh play Uro, he plays Knight. You know, everything gets like plowed or whatever, and like both players play Loam, dude. It's it's just a it's it's a. Shit Do you ever show. just flip a coin and loser gets the other one a beer? Ah, uh, not play. We did the beer <laughs> thing, but without the okay. coin, yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but again, um, I I I think that just band control the. The big thing that's missing is that it's, it's basically Power Blast, I think, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Yeah. All, the, all the players have moved on to four-color control, right? So if we look at the numbers, the players for four-color is 191, and it's 77 for band control. Exactly. Yeah, people are just playing four-color. They have a lot of shared play styles and stuff, so right. that's where the players have gone. And it yeah. kind of makes <laughs> sense. The only the only band list I've seen that I like at all is Yuta's one, which, as we went into in the last episode, I believe, we talked about how he wants to play four carpets and he did you know interestingly um the deck from the results obviously there's only 77 players uh this year this far that plays with the deck the matchups that it does the best against are actually the most played decks in the format except for elves and red stompy where it has like atrocious matchups apparently um but against doomsday uh, doomsday was also like slightly negative uh blue red positive green white depth i believe positive so I don't know, maybe just like gets wrecked by by random stuff, or Death in Texas could be another thing. Let me, let me yeah, check DNT that out. seems bad. Yeah, Death in Texas, forty eight percent. So it's all like I guess it's like not really a standout deck in any kind of sense. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it almost feels, feels like, like outdated. Forty five percent is probably right, right about right. <laughs> like yeah. it, just, it doesn't do anything amazingly well. Yeah, it do- like it doesn't even have like the one very good matchup, you know. Like there's like a, a couple of like decent matchups, and then there are pr- a lot of like just medium to bad matchups. Well, yeah, it has 100% against World Guard Shadow Dragon, apparently. <laughs> fake, <laughs> fake news, fake news. <laughs> also, 100% against Nickfit and Ninjas. <laughs> I, I, I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fake news. <laughs> Curse but you know but, but, you, but you know what like now that we're talking about band control i think the, the first deck on this whole list that plays um uro uh titan of nature's wrath is wait that's Full like yuri well? that's your isn't that like yuri on zenith on s- seventh place yeah yeah right damn that's like a like an old time low on uro yeah it is 
maybe what do you think it is? Because Uro has always been incredibly good against Delva, but do you think it's just the number of blasts and or Merktide like you could Merktide just tempos Uro out? I think Uro should have reach. <laughs> yeah, and, and death touch because it can't kill and a Merktide. <laughs> and first strike, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I think um there's like a couple of reasons, right? Like first of all, like the three life gain is like cute and all, but um, Merktide region is just like too fast, and you, mm -hmm. you can easily race Uro, which is I think I would I thought I would never say that you, that you can actually race Uro because it's such a hard task, you know. But um, then but... then they gave Delva a blue blue Merit Lage. Exactly. Like a, yeah, like a Hogak almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't By know. I'm think... just quickly to interrupt you there. For, for the last matchups I quoted, I actually was in the wrong column. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for overall, like Bond is slightly worse than the, the numbers I quoted, except for Earth Spreads, absolutely atrocious at 23%. Wow. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so bad. I, I can see it as well. Like, I just don't see how Bond would ever be Elves. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the one upside was it's a lot better than. Um, than I thought against Red Stumpy, at least like what the other column quoted. I think it actually has a like, pretty decent matchup there. I guess that makes sense. Okay. But yeah, overall, it's it, it feels pretty outdated and compared to especially um, Four Color Control. That like, just feels so much better. Yeah. But yeah, so. you, you guys were saying. Uh, like, you know, like basically the, uh, the um, how, you know, how... Uh how unpopular Uro is these days, but it, it's probably like backed up with like um like random graveyard hate that people play already in their main decks. You know, with like out of Usa Saga, endurance is still like a thing. Maybe some somewhere. There's a lot of sorts of plowshares obviously in Legacy right now because of Burgtat Regent, and sorts of plowshares also being pretty like probably one of the best answers to Uro. Yeah, um, there's also these just these lands-based strategies with crop rotation for Caracas or Bajukabog as well. Oh yeah, at the top. oh yeah, that too. Yeah. And then Moonstompy Bloodbonies, you can never cast Uro. There's just a, there's just a lot of hostility to it from all the top decks, isn't there? Right. Yeah, and and people like to play like incidental graveyard hate, like not these one-shot graveyard hates. So people like uh, hers. Mm -hmm. And that hurts her. By the way, in, in speaking of um, how Merktide region basically is responsible for all of that, I talked to Marius Hausmann the other day and I, I fed him a couple of lists and he's still very much on the four Magus of the Moon for uh, Blood Moon train when it comes to these red zombie decks, which I think is not something that everybody does uh, these days, but I, I could be wrong. But he brought something up. He said the best answer or the best way to stop Merktide region from ever coming to play is a Blood Moon. Because these decks, they don't have two basic islands. I mean, there's a corner case scenario, right? And you guys can probably imagine how it's, you can still it's get... It's kind of true. I mean, you, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can play like a, I don't know, like Float Blue, play a Lightning Bolt, daze your own Lightning yeah. Bolt, replay yeah. your island, and you know... That's one way you can still make it work. Of course, that's, yeah. that makes it a lot harder. But yeah, um, because I, I would never think that like I want Blood Moon against uh, against Blue Red Diver. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't want uh, Megas of the Moon, right? That just yeah. feels like... It's <laughs> yeah, Megas like you know obviously gets bolted. It's kind of contingent on having a chalice as well to stop the the GRCs. I don't know. I, it, it, you can absolutely like win a lot of the games with it going right, but I don't think it's kind of reliable enough. I don't know. Yeah, but the Blood Moon thing. I, I, when you mentioned that you can literally stop Merktide in like ninety five percent of cases, maybe that's even too high. Um, because mm -hmm. of the the other players aware of that play, they they can rather easily set it up. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not Fury, that of an idea. Fury does like clean up a lot of the problems of the Delver matchup where you can fear the DSCs. And especially if you have hearses, they do play the main deck quite often. You can keep them under control. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it probably works. But when you, when you resolve the Blood Moon on time, it'll probably work. But I fear that the, the games you'll lose against Delver is where you know you have 
all these blood moons and maguses, and then they play a dragon rage channeler, get it delirious, and then just know, bolt, <laughs> with, bolt the goblins, ignore the blood moons, and attack you to death. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is legacy by the numbers right now. And so Osimanias put all of that together, and I, I kind of like that that we have a couple of people creating power rankings in legacy now. That used to be, or I guess still is, very much a thing in Korean StarCraft. Like that, it's like a really big deal, and has been for over ten years. Where you know every other month they release the power rankings, and you see like the players, or in our case, the decks that move up and down. And it's it's one of the coolest things, especially for people who maybe don't don't get to play a lot, because it gives you some kind of like frame of reference to to understand the format uh, without having to listen to an entire podcast like we are doing today. And I thought it would be kind of cool if we looked into that. Uh, we're going to link the power rate uh, rankings that Ozymandias posted. Uh, he's got a lot more comments on that and additional pictures, but we are only looking at the first picture right now. And I'm curious whether you guys agree with these power rankings. So should we stop from the, uh, start from the bottom? Yeah, I was just going to say, I love I love reading these power rankings because it's just fun as well. It, it creates discussion, creates people like chatting shit to each other as well sometimes. I think it's a really fun thing to do. And it's also worth noting that Ozymandias has access to and helps with the data collection. So he has a pretty good frame of reference for what he's talking about. And he's he's a very, very good player. And he, he has a good understanding of legacy. So it's it's coming from a good place. Okay, okay. So let's let's start at D tier, lowest tier that we have. Uh, there, he basically has two categories of D tier: the ones that are at the bottom of D tier, so there's a chance that they just like move out of that. And that's green, black, depth, colorless, cloud post, enchantress, hoga, Grixis, stifling out, ruby storm, Grixis control, Espawal, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Espawal, Eldrazi, humans, infect, Omnital, Karn, forge, high tides. Shoutouts to Marcus. By the way, Hightide has an atrocious percentage. I immediately thought about Marcus. <laughs> Aluren, Maverick, Marfolk, Mono Black Curses, and Burn. Yeah, I guess that's basically your pick of your first three rounds that are cheapy, right? Yeah, I feel, much, like, I feel like much. some of these... I'm, we could we could go through this with like every single thing and people will have decks they, they like and stuff. I feel like this is also representative of numbers and stuff. Like some of these decks, I don't think... I, don't, I think Jeff with Esper Vile is probably one of the better decks in the format. But... In general, like average player and also representation, how much is played, that's why it's down there. Yeah. Then second category of D tier decks, these are the ones that are on the verge of maybe moving up into C tier, and that's Buried Alive Phoenix, Bomberman, Dredge, Madness, Ninjas, well, and <laughs> Hammer Time. We kind of got... Hell yeah. Over the last couple of episodes without ever mentioning the deck, but I think it even won a challenge, didn't it? Didn't win a challenge, but it's top eighted, I, I believe. Or there was a top sixteen by Spider Space, who's um, he's he mostly plays modern, but he's known for like you know brewing and having cool ideas. So he picked it up for the last showcase challenge in top sixteen, I believe. And there's a player called Crusherbot, uh, the Crusherbot MTG or something. They have top eighted a challenge or two with it, and they're the only two players I've really seen play it. But I know Dukes has picked it up recently. And I <laughs> shout out to them because I played Hammer Time at a local a few months ago and got so absolutely horrifically destroyed by like Force of Vigor and <laughs> Pernicious Deed that I was like, okay, it was worth a try once. I'm never touching it again. And then now here they are kind of doing well with it. But it's cool. It's, it is really powerful. You can win on turn two quite often. Not quite often, but it can. Does it, does it play um, uh, Once Upon a Time? No, I don't think so. I think it's just mono white. And it like the the legacy cards it adds over modern is like Mox Opal. Uh, Maybe you should Den. play Once Upon a Time. 
I don't know. Like the the, the the best cards in the deck are Sigarda's Aid and Colossus Hammer. Yeah, but you also right. can find like Stoneforge and and like with the, the, the Saga too. Mm. Saga and the, and the creature that that's the, the, the Paladin or whatever it's called. I don't the remember. Paladin. I mean, you could try it. it the oh. modern the modern ver- Oh, it's banned in modern. That's why it doesn't play it. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, oh, cool, cool. Also, demoted goblins from C to D tier this month. Sad. Wop yeah. wop. <laughs> now moving on to C tier. C tier has green white depth, painter, death shadow, lance, oops our spells, suffered breakfast, stone blade, green cloud post, the epic storm. Riddlesmith, Black Depth, and Sneak and Show. Mm. How do you feel about Painter and Seat here? I don't mind. I'm happy dwelling at the bottom, not being targeted. It's all good. I feel like like Seat here is like the sweet spot where you like you really don't have a target on your head, right? Yeah. Like, like you can basically do whatever you want, and and it's, yeah. it's still like, all these decks are like still all like solid decks, you know, like the, right. there's no like fringe whatever. I mean, group, so he 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 ranks them. He like puts them in order as well. And Painter is second, just to Green White Depths. And Green White Depths, we were just seeing it's praising how good it is. Which in the, the some of the B tiers do have a, a much worse win percentage than Green White Depths. So I don't know. There's, there's that, but yeah, I, I think I think high in C tier is a pretty sweet spot to be in. And a lot of these as well. So like Greenwood Depths is up there. I will say I kind of slightly disagree with that. I think it's I think it's B tier personally. Yeah. But he is backing it up with numbers. Painter, I think it makes sense. High C. Death Shadow has gone from D to C. Um, it's put up some really good results recently, mostly in the hands of Diphomax. But there's uh, also MM17, Italian player. He kind of put it back on the map a month or so ago by winning back-to-back challenges with it. Didn't True Hero also play like a lot of Death Shadow? Yeah, True Hero is like the the main guy playing Death Shadow. He's been playing less, I think. I don't know, maybe he's just doing other things. Well, some in Italy, what can he do? Yeah, true, true. <laughs> I hear the entire country actually shuts down in August. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Just outside I, I went of there barbecues. with my boss like a couple of years ago for for um, an appointment, and that's what basically everyone told us. Like literally, we shut down the country for a month, and then we come back, and then life continues. I mean, they're all doing siesta now. No, <laughs> first of all, that's probably Wrong like country. a bit of prejudice, but that's <laughs> Spain, if oh. anything, right? <laughs> Oops. Okay. Sorry, I, I haven't been in Europe like for seven years. Yeah. Uh, they all do siesta, yeah. <laughs> and all the Germans eat sauerkraut. <laughs> well, I hate sauerkraut, by the way. It's, it's does, Do any of you guys like sauerkraut? I, I hate it too. Mm. I yeah, it's, it's just... almost as bad as natto. Uh, what? <laughs> dude, not, like, dude, what? Like, Nato is like S tier. What, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah, you, I, I would never forget when I ask you about, like, what, what is what is breakfast in Japan like? And I ask you, hey, do you guys, like, eat, I don't know, sushi for breakfast? And you're like, that's like eating steak for breakfast. Never since yeah. I've been obsessed with the idea of eating steak for breakfast. That's actually quite a de- quite decent, yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you get, like, a very t- small, thin cut of steak, like, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> but yeah that's that's c tier for us is there anything else um i guess sneak shows like has been a c tier deck for for the last couple of years now i feel like yeah. that that is at the bottom for a reason that's that's kind of dropping down like it's never had a good delver matchup and the only way it ever is able to kind of solve the delver matchup is by adding four seeming spirit guides that that's like the kind of that's the 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 swaying of the waves you'll see back and forth. You'll see it play Spell Pierce or Fuss Storms when Control is good. You'll see it play four Simeon Spirit Guides when Delver's good. And otherwise, it kind of just, like, when Delver's good, it's the, the tide that is out. And when Delver's, like, mediocre and Control is good, you'll have crashing waves on your front door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So, 
Moving up to B tier, I think B tier, how, how, how do you describe B tier? B tier is basically the one where if you see one of those decks win a challenge, you're absolutely not surprised, right? It's right. just like, yeah, right. this this can happen at basically any given weekend. Which, yeah, yeah tell me, list off the decks, and then I think there's one in there which I would be surprised if it wins. A couple, actually. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So we got B tier. First of all, 8 cast, demoted from A tier down to B tier. Then we have Yorian Sunnet, Reanimator, Ad Nauseam, Doomsday, and for Carla Uro Control. Now that I've read them out, there's also one in there where it feels Yeah, Reanimator and Ant, I would be surprised if they won a challenge. I feel like they are definitely worse than Greenwood Depths and Painter and probably Shadow and slightly biased. <laughs> I would say Painter as well. Uh -huh. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Nauseam Tenders is the one where I've had like, ooh, what, what is this doing up here? Because especially yeah. since I, I feel like the Epic Storm is significantly better right now or, I, or has been for a while. I feel like, yeah, the Epic yeah. Storm and the Epic Gamble, I think, is pretty good. Oh, the Epic Gamble isn't there at all. Like, what, what yeah. the fuck? I, I guess we just like, need more players to play it. Yeah. I, again, like, a lot of these are based off numbers, I think. He does make some comments, which I, I don't know if you're going to go through afterwards. But, yeah, he's he's using, like, the Wimpsenters and numbers. But... Yeah, that's basically how you do it in, in these power rankings, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not, right. like, we, we basically we had win percentage early on, but then there's also, like, a level of uncertainty, depending on, like, how many players play that in the first place. Yeah. And just, like, the, the there's also, like, a... a subjective category to it where you just like feel like this deck is powerful or not like for example when you, when you have a, like a really good player and a, and a player based power ranking and maybe they don't do that well for like one or two tournaments but they are still considered like the best in the format yeah uh, you would still rank them top even though maybe they, they didn't perform for like a tournament for mm -hmm. like a month well uh, yeah even I'm just looking at the A tier which we'll get to in a second and there's a deck in there which I think we all disagree with oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no prizes so yeah Cool. Yeah, Doomsday. Honestly, like I could see Doomsday in A tier as well. Uh, we see it uh, on the lower end of B tier right now. Yeah. Uh, Kai, you, you gotta, you know, start like a Doomsday Cabal. Oh, I feel well, like everybody I, who plays Doomsday is an absolute killer. There's no like scrap who's like, oh yeah, Doomsday, let me try I, that. But that's the same thing with, with like any combo deck, I feel like. Like, same for Atnosum Tendrils or like the Epic Storm. Like, like the few people who play the deck are pr actually pretty good at it. Uh, and, uh, uh, I would disagree about the, about Adnosium. Like I've seen so many people like horribly misplay with Adnosium. Oh, that's probably like yeah, like me ten years ago. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> ten years ago? Uh, well, still. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think like uh, the one thing that kind of pushes Adnosium tendrils is maybe the fact that um a lot of people play Pyroblast these days in, in the sideboard against combo and Adnosium tendrils just doesn't care. Maybe. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. But you can also like say the same the same thing about Reanimator, maybe. But yeah, um, I think the the only thing I, well, I would disagree with Callum is that I, I'll probably not be surprised if Reanimator wins a challenge. But at Nostrum Tendrils, definitely, I would be surprised if at Nostrum Tendrils even makes a top sixteen of a challenge. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would be very happy. Just like, don't get me wrong, right? Yeah, like, I'd yeah. Be super, super happy. But I, th um, it's I think I not. agree. Especially with the uptick in Stompy, like it's yeah, it has a hard time. Oh man, yeah, oh, yeah, really tough time. I agree with the eight cast going from A to B. It's still a great deck and it can do well, but it's definitely dropped off in both popularity and win rate. I think Delver just doing the Delver thing by adding two meltdowns is just like gone. <laughs> I, I beat you now. By the way, um, <laughs> Callum, can, can I have you out here? The <laughs> most did you see what placed first and second in the most recent Legacy Challenge? Um, Black Red Reanimator, first and second place. Really? There you go. There you really? Go. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, I'll take that. Scorched Altars and 
Tai 8 FL. Like guys, oh, seriously, schedules get better is cool. Names. They do amazing alters. All right. Um, do you guys, either of you have a hat I can eat? I don't know. Just a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might have one. <laughs> fair enough. My hand is literally raised saying, all right, I was, I was wrong there. You're right. You're, yeah, fair enough. I was thinking like, I'm not surprised if it top eights, but I'm surprised if it wins. But if there's a final, then it's like, wow, I got dumpstered. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, yeah, now we move on to to A tier, which is basically usually known as the below driver tier, right? This is the king of the format, except for driver, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we kind of gave it away at this point. <laughs> yeah, A <laughs> tier, the best of the rest: Red Stumpy, Elves, Cheskai Control, and Death in Texas, which has been promoted back to A tier, back where it feels happy, I guess. How do you guys feel about Cheskai Control? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if you guys just, have listened to the rest of the podcast thus far, yeah. but yeah. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like I think like Jessica Control, like if there was let's say if if you can like scratch Blue Red Delva from the S tier like for a for a moment, I think Jessica Control will probably just drop to D tier immediately. Um I don't know, like it's it's just like how like how the deck is like constructed. It's not a very good control deck. It doesn't have a good finish, it doesn't have the good tools to control the board like I, I guess it has like the good white removal but it only plays i think like six to uh seven eight counters it just it's it's not i don't know it just feels like a modern deck with forces to me yeah i, I think i yeah. agree because I, I would feel like i'd put it in like middle lower b lower b sounds about right yeah but it, it has been like in in the the win rates what was it again it was like oh, i think 48 or something 50 percent oh 50 percent okay. yeah mm. Yeah, like even Osimenius doesn't seem too sure about that one. He, he writes, Cheskai Control is still the most popular blue deck besides Dava, but its results have been declining somewhat. Yeah, and right. Maybe that's some recency, recency bias on our part, but I mean, that's what the... Uh, that's true, could be. A power ranking I... is about, you You have some recency... Recency... I hate that word, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say also, the, the win rates are from the whole year, right? And there was a massive, like two or three months or maybe a little bit less but when days undoing kind of broke out with nasa and stuff and it, right. it was top eating a lot and it was very yeah. especially popular and now it's waning i think i feel like it's waning with people cutting days undoing but days undoing is just terrible against delva but it's it's why that deck did well against all the other random stuff but now there's right. only one days when i'm playing against that deck i'm like just so i'm just not scared because there's only one of them if they find it you can usually have yeah. interaction to stop one I think that's also like maybe another good reason for for Jessica Control being like this maybe this popular is that like people love playing Control right, right. like it, people love playing Control and people also love playing Control without using like creatures such as Uro or I don't know like uh, Endurance or like what have you like people kind of like those like super old school like blue white based I uh, got a couple of planes forecast counter magic cantrips and, and, and removal only and gonna like ultimate Jace the Mind Sculptor haha you look at me you know mm -hmm. like like those kind of games right and Jessica Control is probably like the, uh, the, the, the closest to like this kind of like play style where you just kind of just make land drops cast a, a bunch of cantrips if you have to but basically just chill and you know and uh have like one or two planes focus going yeah like that like the, the type of gameplay is really appealing to a lot of players i think and like none of the none of the other decks in the a b and even c rank kind of fulfilled that like gaming experience i think yeah you know so uh that's probably like an entire episode to be had about identity in legacy because i think a lot of people are competitive but with uh, 
in their own set of rules. And I, I don't even mean that in the in the way that we sometimes talk about, oh, what, what does it mean to be a scrub? You make the game harder for yourself. More in the sense of, hey, I, I enjoy this and I want to do it this way. Basically the same way when you play, let's say, like like a shooter game or like some kind of RPG game, like Skyrim, whatever. And you're like, oh, I like the, the sneaky approach, right? I like to do the thief, whatever, or the other guy likes to use the, the two-handed sword or whatever. And I think that exists in Legacy as well, where people, like you mentioned, say, hey, I'm the control player. I play without creatures. Or right. others are like, I play the combo decks without creatures. Others say, you know, the I like to play the some bigger than the parts uh, approach that I want to say like elves and death and taxes plays. And then there's also like the approach of being the cutthroat grinder. And that usually ends up being blue red diver, but can sometimes be other decks. And there are certainly, or, or like the, the completely rogue approach, right? Where people just like take big pleasure in, in playing the deck that makes their opponents go, ooh. <laughs> like, they are like pox. <laughs> Like pox. <laughs> and yeah, I think Chess Guy Control has a very big following of, of the, hey, I play Control. Definitely, definitely. It's it's like a holdover from Miracles into yeah. like these things. That, I feel like it's not even really a Control deck. It's like mid-range. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of like a lifestyle, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Deck almost. Chess yeah. Guy Control isn't a B-tier deck. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we've... I, I just want to add, we have been chatting a lot of shit about control, and I, I don't think Jessica is good, but Francis has been playing basically Miracles again, and he's been apparently absolutely dumping on Blue Red Delver and the, the mid-range versions he plays. Like, I saw his list. He, he played 5-0, yeah. right? Yeah, he's 5 quite, I think, a few times, and he said, like, it had, it, basically, it has a terrible matchup against Jessica Control, which is funny to say in the context of this, because it really struggled with both Teferi and Narset. He's just like... He doesn't splash blast, and he's just like, well, yeah, I, I kind of accept that as bad. But people don't play around Terminus. It's just not really played anymore. So he's on like two or three Mystic Sanctuary and Terminuses and three main deck counterbalances again. It's a super old school list. But um, I don't know. He's he's apparently doing very well with it. And he says Mystical Dispute is incredibly good right now. He plays two main and then like a third or fourth in the sideboard as well. And apparently he's able to just like, it's it's partly due to because people aren't playing around these cards and not on the radar. So Dispute and Terminus especially. So yeah, it's a way to like counter the Merc Tides and the the Ledger Shredders and the iterations and stuff. I'm seeing the list right now because mm. I actually saw it while we were preparing for this this episode. Yeah. And this is this is literally miracles without top. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna link it in the show notes if you wanna try out Francis Deck. Uh, his name yeah. is FGC on Magic Online. He plays three counterbalances, four terminus, one entreat the angels, two chase, three snapcaster. It's super accumulated awesome. far accumulated yeah, knowledge. Yeah, yeah, back in AKs. Because <laughs> well, how many how many sanctuaries is there? Three sanctuaries. Three. Yeah. So he's just like the the way to go over the top of EI is just like you know when you get to the super late game. Okay, your EI like draws you two cards. My accumulated knowledge that I sanctuary draws me three cards or four cards. It's yeah, this just absolutely tears the late game apart. I would guess mm -hmm. you would have an insane amount of blasts. Oh no, you only have what? He doesn't play any blast. But he has red. Yeah. Oh, because he's blue white. Oh, no, he's red as well. He has What's two meltdowns that? for eight cast, but then other than that, there's no blast. He's like, I'm not fetching red against Delver. I'm just going basics against Delver. He's got blue elemental blast, which still counters yeah. expressive iteration. Yeah, it's still really good there and kills like DLC and stuff. It also counters, dispute yeah. will probably also counter um, iteration most of the time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, iteration, Merktide, Shredder, predict against the mid range versions. <laughs> yeah, he said this deck just. Like and then again, three counterbalance. Like this deck really beats the Delver decks. 
Yeah, so, the counterbalance are annoying. Yeah, yeah. Those are like the ones where I can see it can really turn a match around. Yeah. So my point is control players, if you're looking for something that's not Jeskai after we're uh, being a bit, a bit mean to it, I think this is actually pretty good. I mean, this is still Jeskai, but much more on the control end of, of Jeskai midrange, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a real, real control deck and like, you know, you're winning with an Entreat the Angels late, 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 late game. <laughs> well, this is something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is the state of Legacy, by the way. <laughs> uh, I guess the top three decks are pretty much set, right? We have S tier, Blue Red Delva, and then the top two decks from A tier. I think that's there's almost like a, an invisible cutoff between the first two decks of A tier, which are Elves and Red Stompy, and the rest of A tier. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, Red Stompy is the best deck after Blue Red Delva, but it's it's... Yeah, that's a fair bit better than like Jessica Control and DMT, 8-cast, Urian, Zenith and stuff. But then Elves is is really up there as well. Yeah, I think um, uh, Jörg Heinrich, Aaron Lentless, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he has top eight, literally top eighted five or six legacy challenges in a row now. Yeah, I believe he missed one on the weekend now, but it was five in a row. Damn. Which is pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> pretty good. But when, yeah. when you say missed, do you mean like he didn't play in it or he just didn't or He, didn't he convert? didn't top eight, yeah. Oh, okay, so he didn't convert into top eight. Yeah, yeah. This is, but he must be swimming in ticks now. Uh, he probably always has been. He's such a crusher. That's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool, cool. Yeah, S, why are people not uh, respecting Fs? I think the problem with respecting Fs is it's not like... Like it used to be where you respect them by playing a bunch of sweepers because elves mm-hmm. is so good playing against sweepers these days. Yeah, I. Right. So for for my painter thing, I was like thinking, how do I be elves? And people like said, okay, well you've got three fury. What's the problem? I'm like, it's I don't. The game is where they just play tons of one ones. Are easy. It's the games where elves is so interactive now. You have reclaimer, endurance, force of vigor, okay. shriek more, all this stuff. It can play a slower game and then just like just. All of a sudden, have full creatures in play, and then cast a natural order, and then you're dead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very strong. Newton's built it very well. I think it's just, honestly, I it's think super it, resilient. One way to to combat it is, is just like having some kind of stop stop library searches. That's that was my whole idea for adding opposition agent to painter is mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. elves, and I think I think that's the better way to do it than like pyrokinesis. I was gonna say like like what was what is better against on against elves? Is it like the plague engineer or is it opposition agent? I think agent by so far. Yeah. I, think, oh, yeah. I think Agent is actually the best sideboard card against Elves. Like, in the okay. format, probably. Unless, even, you, unless you go but, super niche, but yeah. Right, but even then, you know, like, it, let's say you have an Opposition Agent, there are still games where they just have Alistar Shepard and they, you know, just activate it and crush you for, like, 20 points of damage, right? Yeah, but so it's, the, the, like, the deck's so well built that you could say that yeah. about any card, I think. Absolutely. Like, like, you, like play, you play a Plague Engineer and they're like, okay, well, my Reclaimer is a zero one one until it gets bigger. You can't play the Shepard's fine, but then you have, like... You have Grist, and then like why would Symbiote, and then the the Dryad Arbors, and then Endurance and stuff. It's Plague Engine is just kind of embarrassing against the deck. The thing is, you uh, you you basically need two angles of attack, right? If you only shut off one thing, or your deck is only like doing one thing without having any kind of like strategic mm-hmm. ambivalence or something, like you 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 really need to do you need to fight at least a two or three D game against Elves because it, it just like doesn't hold up. Uh, your deck doesn't hold up very well if yeah. you're just like trying to out control them i think one the only one dimensional thing that you can do against elves is maybe combo like if you have all in combo and you catch elves without the mind back traps or something and you ideally your combo is not like graveyard dependent uh for example like belch i think would mm-hmm. actually be pretty decent against current iterations of elves newton has said his worst matchups are right of flame decks so that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah oh, okay yeah yeah 
Cool. So yeah, and top tier we got Java. Uh, we I think we we can somewhat quickly because nobody likes talking about Java. Split up what Java actually means these days because I feel like there's three versions of Java. Um, one of which doesn't even play Java anymore. Uh, just so we can go about that. So for, quickly, um, by the way, correct me if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong because I felt like I missed one version. But there's the OG Blu-ray Java version, which is the way you would expect it for Daisies, for Wastelands, for Dalvas, uh, for Worktide Regions, for Dragon Rage Channeler. This is, this is basically the one that, that most people would expect. Then there's, the I think, the least popular one, the one that I've played a lot lately and done really well with it. That's the Ghoul Ducat Delva Shredder build, which doesn't play any Wastelands. But plays um, uh, the the ledger shredders, like the full playset of ledger shredders, uh, basically instead, and of course the four bubbles. Wait, and did, that's did they play the, the shredders in addition to the other twelve creatures? Uh, you only play three Merktides, but yeah, you oh, gotcha. play four okay. Dragonlance, four Delva, four okay. uh, three Merktide Regent. Okay, and, so it's and this is like fifteen lands. Uh, it should actually be a little bit more, but okay. so it's, it's, it, yeah, it looks like is it zoo then? <laughs> is, is, is it, no, the thing is like it's it more mid-range uh, especially with the shredders oh okay it, it happens actually quite a bit um that's uh, also when when Callum mentioned that the chalice is still pretty good against ever it is but i with playing the deck uh, especially when i'm on the play i found myself in positions where i let chalices even re resolve a surprising amount of time because my my hand was like okay i'm gonna follow this up with like shredder and then is um expressive duration merc tide and i'm sitting on a force and you know what i'd rather use that force on something else like it's okay you you can have that yeah it makes and a lot of sense it happens uh not every time like a force shadows on a um reasonable amount still but there's quite a lot of games where you just sit there you're like you know what have that chalice i don't care so yeah, those those are the the first ones, the ones that are still played ever. And then there's the Bullwinkle one, the anti dichotomy. I think he recently called it the Lucian control. And from what I understand, the name, by the way, comes from oh, I, I could get this horribly wrong, but there's a French philosopher, Chill. Uh maybe I'm making this up. Chill de Luce. Yeah, I, I don't remember the name, but yeah, it is a philosopher. Yeah, and basically, uh, now now I'm like on really thin ice. But basically, the idea <laughs> is that he he says, "Hey, these black and white dichotomies they don't really exist, um, especially in like social sciences, philosophy, and everything. It's more like fluid and much harder to grasp. And epistemologically, it's not very easy to really understand things. And I think that goes back to to Isaac Borwinkel saying that, hey, I don't like this dichotomy and and where I either have the aggressive game plan or the grindy game plan. I want to build my deck in a way that emphasizes one of the two and heavily prioritizes one of the two. And that's why he built this. Well, I think without these fancy names that we've used for the deck a couple of times, it's is it mid-range, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I have in my spreadsheet, like keeping stats, I just call it Blue Red Merktide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good way. And it's yeah. basically... Um, you, you take a Delva shell, the Blu-ray Delva shell, you OG shell, you grade down to two Wastelands, two Daisies, you remove all the Delvas, and then you put in whatever you think is, is a good mid-range version for the deck. I think he it's, it's used kind of to... like one or two predicts now. It has I think he, he cut the predicts and... again. Did he? Okay. Yeah. And then it's like I don't know, uh, three shredders probably. Stuff like you that. know what? You have the power of the internet. Uh, actually, yeah. I had it... By the power up. of the internet. Yeah, I had it pulled up, but then I switched to a different tab. Well, it's basically a little bigger than Delva, yeah, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what, what the big difference is. Because we, we've gone through this a few times before where 
Delver is the best deck, and then to beat Delver, you cut Delvers and play other cards, and then you go in this circle. It's it's not like a, a new idea, really. No, it's never been a new idea, right? No. Uh, I, I was thinking about it earlier today. Um, we used to have, uh, many, many years ago, we used to have Bug Delver, and mm. then people cut the Delvers and put Widen, and all of a sudden we had Deathblade. Or people would cut um, Delvers and put in red, and then we eventually ended up with um, uh, Checkpile. Yeah. So oh, yeah, good example. Or, yeah. or Kai, you probably remember the Castlevania decks that, that there used to be in Magic. Oh, I like love Castlevania. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of stuff. yeah, yeah. Classic Badlands <laughs> Delver deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's also what's happening with the, the basically blue-red mid-range deck that Spoilwinkel has been playing. And looking at the deck list right now, it's basically the Ghoul to cut list, but you, you exchange a couple of lands, so you have space for wastelands, but you end up cutting, like we said, uh, two... Okay, he's back to three days. This is... And this is almost the same deck that I've been playing, except for, like, there's Unholy Heats in there, which is the new hotness, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just like what everybody's been doing. Uh, we'll get to the, actually, let's get to that right now, um, Callum. I think the first time we encountered that was in the top eight of the uh, God, 20th God of Legacy tournament that we covered on, I think, the previous episode. Yeah, so it was the, the showcase challenge, like, really put on the map of what it, like what this can do and stuff. So, well, there was the, the God of Legacy where um, the winner had two bolts and three unholy heats. Um, we weren't sure if like how metagaming that was because he knew he was going to be against rug midrange that had like endurances and uro and stuff. So unholy heat's just way better than bolt. But then for the showcase challenge, we had two players in the final that were both playing. One was playing Delver, one was like blue red midrange, however you want to call it. But between both decks, there was eight unholy heats and two lightning bolts, which is mind blowing. Like that's, that's so yeah. <laughs> unexpected. Like so so unexpected. So. As usual, I just think Japanese players are ahead of everyone else. And um, yeah, like if they're expecting, like with Delirium, like the, these Blu-ray decks have proven with Baubles, they can turn on Delirium pretty easily. Like you play against DRC turn two with Delirium fairly often. And so yeah, six six mana can like totally kill a Merktide sometimes. That's the thing. Like, you know, sometimes there's seven sevens or eight eights and stuff. But if you can play a one mana spell to kill a Merktide in spots, like often a follow-up one or whatever, the thing is, because like bolts, like even sometimes two of them can't kill it, but two unholy heats will kill one. And then you're fighting against these endurances and these knight of the Rinkloos from green white depths and stuff. Ledger shredders that grow out of bolt range very fast, especially if you need to like cantrip into the bolt, you kind of can't cast until their turn. It has weird play patterns. So I think unholy heat's just like a pretty smart um, move, and they're they're really moving into this just blue red murktide mid range deck by doing that. You know. You know, when we play against Delver, it's the terrifying draws of with Delvers and Lightning Bolts where you die fast. But if the format is moving away from that, then I know Unholy Heat seems amazing. And that that showcase uh, finals has made me think about Unholy Heat and Painter as well. I'm just like, you know, actually, you know, killing Planeswalkers is good. You still have all these Jeskai decks that sometimes play a Teferi and tick it up to be out of Bolt range, and then you just Unholy Heat it and you've traded up on two mana. It's so easy. Yeah. Also, like, bol like Bolting players it's just not very common these days i feel like because mm -hmm. like because like pr like uh like old delva used to like you know hit you for like three with delva like four with tamagoy yada 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 and then you can finish off your opponent with like the fi leaf fireball uh fire um, basically bolt, you, you, you right? reach out and you barely jump across the finish line with the bolts and and make it whereas right now it's just like two big leaps of murktide and and exactly yeah. yeah like like all you want to do is like have have like doom blades basically in your in your deck right it's like to, to kill any potential blocker it's like legacy doesn't even have that many flying creatures or like creatures with reach um like endurance is like one of them but yeah it's not like the, the format is infested by those um like um 
creatures in gen general. So you only need to kill like one or two creatures to um you know to have like the the is air for you for is you. Is there a flying creature that has protection from blue and from black? Uh, from blue and from red. <laughs> I thought that would be some kind of merfolk. You know what? Actually, I'm going to look this up. I'm flying. I'm so sure it doesn't exist. Or it's going to be like a five mana two two from invasion. I was just going to say the same thing. Five mana two two. Yeah. Or like it's maybe like some weird. I don't know, like bird cleric or something. I don't. know. Yeah, from like plane shifter invasion. Yeah, yeah. Or like mechanic masks, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. Uh, there's what is the Acroma Angel of Fury, but that's protection from white and from blue. Uh, oh, yeah, it's she, almost, yeah, I mean, isn't Acroma almost, a, yeah, I mean, she's almost as big, as, yeah, almost as big mm -hmm. as Murktide, right? Yeah. yeah. Age is the answer you're looking for. <laughs> um, uh, do you remember when Skylasher was spoiled and everyone was like, oh my god, that's the Delver killer? And then everyone's like, no, you just bolt it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Skylasher would be the Delver killer if it, like, drew a card at least. But ba yeah. basically, we have Bayful Strix now. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or just Pro Red. Yeah. Or Ice Fang yeah. Mm. I guess probably Grizzlebrand, maybe, but, you know. Grizzlebrand is the Delver killer. Oh, <laughs> Grizzlebrand still chump blocks uh, Tide. <laughs> oh, it happens, yeah. Dude, that's so wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of that Legacy Showcase uh, finals, by the way, there was split between Binu and my 0024. I think both are rather well known players in Magic mm -hmm. Online, especially Binu. My uh, is, is very well known as well. They they usually play artifact decks, so I was surprised to see them playing Delver. But yeah, yeah. Didn't they yeah. play a lot of uh, eight casts? Yeah, eight casts. And they were definitely one of the first people, like, as soon as Saga hit Magic Online, I saw them, like, crushing people with blue white affinity stuff as well. They are quite a, a, a brewer as well. Yeah. Well, what's so surprising to me, you already mentioned, right? There's only two bolts between them. Like, the mm -hmm. well, I guess, winner or shared winner, uh, Binyu, literally plays zero lightning bolts. The, the the two that we see are in Mai's list. Uh, mm -hmm. Binyu is like, you know what? Like, lightning bolt, not good enough for Legacy anymore. We've yeah. outgrown that card. <laughs> He's crazy. Just for a little bit more context, um, Binyu played Yuka, is it Yuka Ichikawa? I think it's his first name. But it's, it's Ichikawa's list. Who is? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like pro tour top eight, like absolute pro. And so I, I don't know where he he must have got a list posted in Japan, but um, Binu shouted out Ichikawa saying they actually played in the Swiss as well, and he he beat him. Huh. But yeah, uh, something else that caught my eye, by the way, third place, Mister Chase Two, Madness, and in the sideboard we have Flaring Pain. Flaring Pain, Dude, I is love the sick. card. Do you know what that's for? <laughs> it's, it's it's for one card basically. Is it for Glacial Chasm? Yeah, there we go. It's otherwise the deck is like completely cold. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know what it does, it's uh, instant colorless in the red damage can't be prevented this turn, and it flashes back for another red. <laughs> so yeah. I guess it, it slots really well into into the whole madness uh, approach. The last time I saw the card was when Goblins played that against me when I was still playing Enchantress in Legacy <laughs> like 15 years ago. Oh, so sick! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the Goblins players, Goblin players used to have that. And it's it's a pauper really staple. I don't know if that if you pay attention to that. It's it's to counter prismatic strands in pauper. <laughs> so you know, it cool. still played a lot. It, it it was like eight tickets for a long time on Magic Online. I don't know what okay. it still is, but yeah. I wonder what the most expensive pop card is. There's some like monarch cards that have been tons, I think, or like some newer okay. cascade things. Okay. There was also until recently there was like a lot of new gates, which kind of broke the format, so they weren't available easily until recently. 
don't know. It's oh, dude, I got I got two of those gates recently in, in a treasure chest, and I thought like, oh, I only got crap, and then I I put them into the bots, and I I got like twenty something tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their drop rates were helped recently, where like if you do well in a special in a pauper league or a, enough pauper leagues, then you get one card from your creator list of which were the ones with high drop rates. So ah, okay. They're they're oh, looking after pauper pauper, unlike legacy with the kitten and and kappa and stuff. But they're doing some cool things for that with pauper. Cool. Yeah, Papa has seen a lot of love. Like, I, mm. I love the thing where, uh, what's his name? Basically, Mr. Magic. Okay, and then not not Gabe, the guy, the guy who also goes on on leaving a legacy every once in a while. Oh, Gavin Verhey. Gavin Verhey, yeah. yeah. He he put out an entire video where they, together with, like, the Papa panel, they explained the bands. Yeah. Which is, like, they really went out of their way there to do yeah. that. That was the, amazing. This uh, drop rate thing is, I think, from his idea as well. He really looks after Papa. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I think Popper is what Legacy could be if they didn't have to reserve dust. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of Legacy players also play Popper sometimes. It's their like casual format sometimes. Right? Manguchi's a massive, massive Popper fan. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, guys. Uh, the only other thing I had in the, in the show notes here, but I guess that's not too interesting to go over, is the conversion rates for the Legacy Showcase Challenge. Uh, by the way, shoutouts to, I think, Ozzy Mendes put those together. Uh, the thing that really stuck out the most to me, and Callum, you already mentioned that, is the insane conversion rate Red Stompy had. Uh, yeah. Ozymandias mentioned that, that he had never seen anything like that before uh, at 3.6, which basically means uh, if, if you have a conversion rate of 1, you have the same metagame percentage and you have the same top 8 percentage. So if your Delver deck is, let's say, 25% of the metagame and you have two copies in the top 8, that's a conversion of 1. Mm-hmm. Red Stompy has 3.6. It has a meta share of 6% and a to- uh, not top 8 share. Oh, sorry. A 7-2 share of 22%. So, yeah, did really well. Did really, really well, that deck. Uh, it's also one of those decks that I feel like is a little bit harder to hate because how do you really hate yeah. like the deck that plays, puts down creatures attacks and has some combo pieces, uh, lock pieces? Since it went much more aggressive, it's way harder to beat. Like The, the versions right. that play Incinerian Bridge and then Chandra and Khan and stuff, they, they have their matchups they're better or worse against. Yeah. But they're much easier to hate out because you're like, just okay, well, I need artifact and enchantment removal and then have to deal with the planeswalkers eventually. But these newer versions, like, these goblins kill you so so fast, and, and then, then there, yeah, there's like so many games where you have like force of negation, like you mm. know, from from your opening hand, you just never cast it because like there's literally no target, you know. Right, right. Or like you, the green decks will keep force of vigor hands with like a kind of a bit of a sketchy mana, yeah. and then you just go like turn on rubber master, you're like, well, shit, right. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's this like it's not even like a juke or anything. It's just that their hands dictate how the game is going to play out, and if it lines up poorly for you, you have like one turn to kind of draw the right thing and stuff otherwise you you do just die and then you can you can find it and then they'd like play like the turn four chalice or blood moon and they still kind of get you it's yeah yeah good deck yeah amazing deck fable is the absolute truth especially there it's just absurd in that deck i think that's probably like the takeaway from this episode it's just mm. just get get your hands on fable fable and ancient Tomb the mirror break are a sick combo <laughs> I, I will add actually fury is an insane addition to that deck as well Oh yeah, they were oh, playing yeah. Fireflux Squad, and it was pretty sick when that hit Fury off it and stuff. Sometimes it happened to me a couple of times where they were like, you know, exile a Goblin token, get a Fury instead. You're like, <laughs> but yeah. uh, they've they've cut the Fireflux Squads now, which makes sense. And Fury is just like, okay, well, you, uh, 
because all their spells are three mana or more apart from hearse so they sometimes just desperately need that tempo and fury brings that or it's just an insane threat to just slam because it does I mean, get to yeah. five mana it's, that's that's like so smooth like almost like like bread and butter almost right yeah because like, <laughs> like, you ram like you, you have three mana already because uh, you have to cast a fable but then the fable ramps you up to five mana to territory right. where you can like hot cast a fury and then you start copying fury every single turn like that mm -hmm. like what's not to love about this right like this is like literally the best friends that's like visionary and why would <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, you know it's just like i've i've pitched this idea of them working together and it, uh, in the painted discard a lot and i've just said like the difference between five and six mana for, for pyrokinesis and fury is held together by the the fable like it just ramps perfectly it's, it's all too perfect you go like turn one whatever to land turn two soul land fable turn three hardcast fury it, it happens a lot it's it's insane yeah, yeah love it and yeah, I, th I, th I think that I think like the part uh, about this that's like the like the most imp um, impressive for like the the, the how does he even say like the the best part about this whole um, fable plus fury part is that it's it's not even like overpowered or like and like broken or anything. It's just it's just very very good. That's all it is, you know. And and yeah, and like it's a lot of good magic. I think like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Like you kill some stuff. You have you have like some synergies here and there. You do a little bit of looting. That's like all good gameplay. And both cards give you a lot of options, like what do you discard? When do you play it? Are you attacking with the creature or you need to block? The Fury, do you pitch cast it to get tempo early or do you hard cast and get value later? Yeah, oh, yeah. a lot so of decisions are cool stuff. I'm wondering, is Fury played in Modern or any god in Vintage? Because I'm trying to understand whether we missed... Modern is like absolutely the... everywhere. Uh, oh, yeah, a modern, modern's a, in Modern it's a huge, 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 huge pillar. Uh, yeah. it, it's played in almost any red tag at this point because it's so good against <laughs> it's so good against hammer time it's so good against like any fringe like go white strategy yeah okay uh, I'm, I'm just like uh, did i say fury i thought i meant i'm actually meant fable oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah uh, same yeah fable is played in modern it's also it's all obviously played in standard fable's uh, played in every format up to legacy now like okay because everyone. i'm wondering uh, whether we missed the boat on, on fable but it feels like it went from 12 euros to like right now it's starting at 16 euros 18 it's, it's euros it's like 40 on ticks online or something or more. okay i'm just wondering like is, is this something that you should get, get like a place at now because it's i think it's you should get only I think you should go get up paper playset yes magic online probably not yeah 40 40 on magic online is always that like uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> um cool. speaking of magic online the you know the card Graveyard Trespasser? Of course I don't. Okay. Of course I don't. <laughs> Tell me how much you think this is worth. So it's a three mana, two and a black for a three, three human werewolf. It oh, I was sorry, sorry. My brain isn't that quick. Three mana? Okay. Three mana for a three, three. It's a human werewolf. Uh, it has ward, discard a card. So that's whenever it comes to target or spell or ability. It's counted unless you discard a card. Um, when it attacks, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, it exiles up to one target card from a graveyard. If a creature card was exiled this way, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then if no spells were cast in a turn, it flips into a 4-4. It still has ward discard a card. And when it enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to two cards, uh, two target cards from graveyards. Each creature card exiled this way, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Do you think this is good and how much do you think it's worth? Uh, it's, it's not it, a common, right? It's a, it's a rare. It, it, sounds pre it sounds pretty medium to me. Yeah. What, what's the mana cost? Like two colorless and a green uh, or? Two, two and a black. Two and a black. So it's a three mana, three, three with ward discard a card and some incidental graveyard hate. And it flips into a four, four ward discard a card with a slightly better incidental graveyard hate. But it has to attack, you know, like, mm -hmm. like what, what, like what if you're on defense? Like then it doesn't really do anything, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't like the, the, the big problem is like the three mana. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, like, it doesn't sound too it's kind of slow. 
This is 60 tickets. Really? What? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Can can we short that card? (laughs) You probably could. Let me look it up. I want to see the art. Maybe the artwork is good. What's it called? The artwork's called Graveyard Trespasser. (laughs) Hi, it's 60 tickets. Maybe the art is good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you're an artist. You should appreciate that. (laughs) I mean, I do. I do. But it's like not for 60 tickets, man. Okay, the art is actually really good. It's really cool. Really, really cool. It's also like kind of why Hearst is 40 tickets because in like Pioneer and stuff, there's... Uh, Grease Fang decks, which is a graveyard base deck, like a combo deck, and there's uh, uh, Phoenix and stuff. So, Incidental Graveyard Hate is just very, very good. So, yeah, this is, you know, there's some wild ones out there, is what I'm saying. Okay, I wouldn't have never guessed that. Yeah. This well, is the kind of card, if you got that on release, it probably was like two tickets. Oh, or yeah, less. I'm sure. Look, could have made so much money on that. The the graph, like I'm, I'm on MTG Goldfish now, it's like it was. 1.3, 2. 2.2. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm looking at yeah. I'm, I'm looking at uh real life. Okay, it was when it came out, it was like oh yeah, it was like one point stuff for ages. Then it <laughs> went up to like five, and then it was even in July, just recently in July, it was like eight point five ticks, eight ticks, and now it's sixty. It's gonna start going down now, but it's uh yeah. This is insane. This is insane. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> th- so much for hashtag MTG Finance today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Awesome. So, guys, what are you going to do with the rest of the evening now? I'm going to play some Painter. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play too. I still haven't figured out what. Yeah. I'll probably tweak on my Doomsday deck for a little more. Cool. Should we play uh, some uh, Painter versus Doomsday matches? Uh, I also... I, I... <laughs> I gotta think about it. Um, one thing though, um, recently I've been I've been so hyped about um, opposition agent in the sideboard of Doomsday. That's like a fairly new like quote unquote tech, mm-hmm. but uh, and I'm probably like a sleeper um, for just like you know just coming up with opposition agent like this. I, it's, um, it this is light. incredible with, with Dark Ritual. It is incredible with Dark Ritual, and I was like looking for like an, an additional threat against Jeskai control and, like, and and also like elves and some other decks. Yeah. And uh, opposition opposition agent just like wrecks all combo mirrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a it is a powerhouse against uh, elves and also has a lot of game against like Jeskai control against like Narsets, you know, Teferi. Yeah. Because um, they're gonna side out their swords and have blasts. Yeah. Right? So I mean, just... it can't be blasted. You know, yeah. it can't be blasted, and it is so hard to counter because uh, it is a creature, right? It can't mm-hmm. like force negation doesn't hit a fluster storm. Yada yada yada. I'm so so pumped about um, opposition agent. Also, th- yeah, this deck already plays Cavern of Souls. You know. <sighs> Watch out. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Human. You know why this is especially good against Fs? Like, Fs has really moved away from all these abrupt decay and assassin's trophies. Uh, and now with uh, Shriekmaw. Shriekmaw, first of all, can't kill it. And we, we we don't even have, like, instant speed removal at this point. Uh, except for, I guess, Busijo. But that, of course, doesn't hit a position. Dude, this is evil. This is yeah. pure evil. This is exactly yeah. why I went to it for Elves as well. Because... It's Shriekmore, not like Decay or whatever. Or right. some... Snuffout's gone now, but it's mostly right. Shriekmore. But yeah, it's it's just insane yeah. against Elves. Yeah, so if I got like one advice, please use our Opposition Agent every time <laughs> we play against Elves, but never against Doomsday. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and speaking of thanks, big, big thanks to our Patreon supporters, especially on our Eternal Witness tier, Tommy Hinks, Testacula, Sebastian Holaga, Guillaume, Hanawa Elf, Sean Dewey, and Severin Schwarzuber. And in our Grizzle Brand here, longtime supporters Victor Bernard, Bachu Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henry Korkutz, Tom Hepp, 
and Paragon Games in St. Louis. If you want to find us, you can find us on at EternalMTG on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on itsjulian23 on Twitter and itsjulian on Twitch. Guys, where can people find you, especially since now that you've both started streaming a lot again? Uh, At CallumSmithMTG on both Twitch and Twitter. I'm Sautarix on all social media platforms. Awesome. With that, I think we're going to wrap it up. If you love the podcast, but you want to do something else, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And with that, yeah, we're going to head into the night with a lot more magic and tweaking Doomsday, apparently. See See you again next time. Bye-bye. Ciao, everyone.